Today is Tuesday, July 18th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. We meet a Christian in Sweden. I think last week we met one in Norway. But today, we meet a Christian in Sweden who is having a hard time finding a God-believing, Bible-believing church in Sweden. So we try to offer some help best we can. And uh, in a typical form, it takes us a while to realize the actual issue and address it. <laughs> um, anyways, so we, we uh, help the guy out. We recommend some churches, some resources, some websites, things like that. Have a little uh, kerfuffle with someone else who is trying to <laughs> recommend anti-Christian resources. So shut that down. Um, no one no one says, you know, I believe in freedom of speech, uh, but that's for the government. Um, I'll censor people quick. Um, anyways, I, I usually don't, though. I mean, people, I mean, if you've listened, you've heard. We let people say all kinds of stuff. But when someone's like specifically like, I'd like some recommendations for a good Christian church to learn more about God. And they're like, if you want some sources to uh, to point you away from God, come over here. I'm like, no, bro. They can, they can Google like ways to hate God on their own. Like, you're not going to like preach her. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, and uh, I have a title. I'm that guy pees on our stage. Um, that'll make sense in a little bit, but um, if it doesn't already, then we talk about uh, Jesuit infiltration and Hitler and you know fun historical stuff. Uh, sorry, Catholics, it's it's kind of sound like I have more of a problem with you than I do. Um, the official doctrine or the official institute, the official governing body, I do have problems with, but the the average church parishioner. The, the Catholic that is never going to know probably any of what we talk about, unless they're listening now. Um, don't don't stab me with voodoo dolls or anything. But, um, yeah, my problem is not with adherence of a particular religion. I mean, as long as, you know, they're peaceful and stuff like that. But um, it, it's a lot of times the institutions. And the bigger and deeper the institutions are, it just goes with the territory. There's, there's more room for, for failure, for incorrect stuff, for seedy politics and and stuff like that to get involved with. So, I mean, the bigger and more vast something is, it just comes with the territory. The more chance there is for stuff to go wrong with it, Um, which is kind of what we talk about. Um, Anyway, so don't hate me, Catholics. I love you. But, um, yeah, if people want to, like, cloaks and dagger... See, I'm doing it again. I'm trying to be funny. Someone's going to think I'm I'm serious. Like, if someone, like, you know, order comes at the middle of the night with, like, you know, cloaks and daggers and is like, you must die. Um, Goodness, I'm getting myself in trouble. Anyways, everyone's cool. There are some difference in politics and governing bodies that I take issue with. <laughs> um, anyways, so check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support conversations about religion and Christianity. And you can also click on the donate link to donate and keep this podcast funded and going. We are sharing the gospel with people on the internet. It is not the toughest, uh, not, not the easiest thing, not the toughest nut to crack. It's about the toughest nut to crack. That's what I meant to say. It's a tough crowd. Um, so fortunately, there are people like the first guy we talked to, Brahim, today, who is from an atheistic country, but they are curious. They are looking for church resources. They are looking for the gospel, and uh, that is the mission. As far as the other stuff, it, it's kind of like, well, let's civilly um, dialogue with these people who are very obstinate and ardently against Christianity and at least take away some of their bullets in their you know metaphorical theological gun um, to say, well, look, that argument doesn't work here because this is what we actually believe. This is what God actually says. This is what the Bible actually is. So it's to really take away the advantages or any perceived advantages or ammunition from from people attacking Christianity and show what a flimsy foundation it is to stand on. 
and uh, the point of Christianity is you have a firm foundation, not just because Christ says that, but we have evidence like historical, archaeological, you know, eyewitness testimony, and this relationship with a very personal God. So we, we build this stuff on a very firm foundation. So when people are like, you just believe in stuff willy-nilly, that's not it at all. I don't like things that, that happen that way. I don't like people who doesn't mean I don't like the people, but I don't like the, the arguments that people just believe stuff because no real reason. Like we have a very good reason, and that's the point of this. Um, so, so kind of like to shut the mouths of the lions and Daniel in the lion's den, and on the other front, the people who aren't opposed to this and who want to know what it really is and what Christianity really means, to tell them that. Be like, it's Jesus. It starts, stays, and ends with Jesus. The further you start getting away from Jesus, the first century church, the more problems are going to come along. The more <laughs> doctrines, um, the, the more like messed up doctrines, the more like heresy adjacent things or outright heresies you'll fall into. So always remember, like you want to be like the Bereans and, you know, pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to the scriptures. Go through them daily uh, to make sure what you believe is right and biblical, not just because people tell you, but go back and search the sources. Check the Bible. Check where they tell you something is. Make sure it's there just the way they say it is. Trust but verify. Um, anyway, so you want to go deeper. You want to get off the milk of the word, and you want to go to the meat of the word, as Paul says. But you never want to forget the cross is home base. So if you start getting into too much doctrinal differences or or something doesn't seem right or th something like that, always come back to the cross, start over again, walk your way through everything, and keep checking your steps to make sure to the best of your ability, led by the Holy Spirit, that you're being led into truth and proper understanding. So anyways, that's the goal. If I haven't said it before, um, I have lots of times. But take care, everyone. Enjoy this, and we'll see you later. Lord. You know, I, I got a full night's sleep. My dog went to the bathroom this morning without making me wait forever. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good. So yesterday I couldn't string together two sentences. I thought I'd be able to like run for president of our country. Um, but now I got a, got a little sleep, got a good breakfast. I am ready to go. So, all right. Well, that's good. I'm taking my dog to the groomer. Oh, to the groomer? Yeah. <clears throat> what kind of... I, I don't think I knew you had a dog. Oh, really? Kind of... he's, a, he's, he's a Wheaton Terrier. Um, I have a sort of Terrier. It's like a really, really um, short-haired dog, though. What's yours? Is it like fluffy or is it short hair? Uh, no, so so Wheatons are one of the breeds of Terrier that, that are hypoallergenic. So, oh, so, so it's so like hair instead of fur. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, constantly grows. So he goes to the groomer every, like every four weeks. Um, he's, he's, tw he's an old guy now. He's 12. Um, but, uh, he, uh, he runs hot. Like he's always, when we, when we first got him, uh, I was so freaked out cause we got him home and, you know, just a little puppy, you know, I think he was nine weeks old by the time we got him home and, uh, we get him in the house <coughs> he's walking around and he goes and it was July and he lies on the air conditioning vent, lies right on it. And I'm like, dog's gonna, like, we just got this dog. It's going to. It's going to get pneumonia and die in three days. <clears throat> he, he always runs. Now he sleeps with his head on an air conditioning vent. Um, he always runs hot. So we have to get take him to the groomer, like I said, every four weeks and get him, get him cut down because he's just, he's always, always hot. And that's something you don't want to deal with or it's too much trouble for um, yourself? He, it's just easier to do it this way. Um, yeah, like they have. I don't know how they do the voodoo they do, um, but they're able to, you know, like, you know, comb his face out and all this other stuff and, and just do the whole, 
he I mean he's a delicate flower he's got all kinds of issues with his skin and stuff like that so I mean it's just easier to uh to take him and you know here, here's some money make my problems go away. yeah I have uh, I have a neighbor that's like that and uh, Barami, I saw your question I'll get to you in just a second um thanks for asking by the way um but yeah, I have a neighbor who has, um, it's not a Bichon per se, but it's its something, I mean, there's like four hyperallergenic dogs. So it's like one of the one that's not what you're talking about and not the Bichon. So it's like, it's one of the other hyperallergenic, it's really small. And yeah, they have like rumor like once a week. And I'm like, oh goodness, man, that's probably like 80 bucks a pop. And um, yeah, so I, I <laughs> grooming is an important thing when I pick a dog like this thing. I mean, it's, it's hair, like it, it's actually so thin. You can see it's like pink skin, <laughs> like, like underneath it's, it's fur because uh, it's, it's just so thin. So, I mean, it takes me like 10 minutes. I just like throw it in my shower. Like I had my Rottweiler and it was so big, like I had to wash it in the driveway with like a hose, like, you know, old school. This one, I just got like a hose extender. So I just like wash it in my shower and there's like hardly any hair, hardly any shedding. Um, I like, you know, just let him hang out in his cage for a little bit. I dry him with a towel, let him hang out in his cage a little bit with a fan on and like 20 minutes, he's like dry as a bone. So I'm, it's, I'm thankful for that part, at least. Uh, Brum, uh, let's see. Hello, I'm someone who lives in a secular country with a very progressive national church. I do not agree with a lot of the church's activism, but I want to attend church to learn more about God. What's your suggestion? Can I find a church that I differ from opinionated? Can I find a church that you disagree with their opinions? Can you still find God there? Um, well, <laughs> you want to you type some examples of, of exactly what you differ and what you're talking about? Because most stuff, like there's no perfect church, um, but there's like wildly heretical churches. <laughs> um, and it's not to say, you know, I'm, I'm right, they're wrong. But it's like to say, if you put the Bible up next to like what some of these churches believe, it doesn't take a, a brilliant person. You can clearly see where if they're promoting stuff the Bible says abjectly is wrong, then stay away from that. If there's stuff like differences of opinion, like doctrine, like, you know, um, eschatology or... Um, you know, what the end times or revelation will look like, what the new heaven, new earth looks like, uh, you know, if someone has free will or not free will, then, you know, I, I could I could go to any of those churches and be just fine. If I go to a church where they're like hardcore political activism, um, which, you know, I, I don't know what country you're in either. So maybe if you, you know, don't don't give me your address. But if you want to tell me like a country or a region, like, you know, I'd be happy to see if there's any like churches I can find or in the worst. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. But I think churches should, you know, have full rights to be able to tell you like they're, you know, what, what they think about politics and stuff like that. But if they get into like really heavy duty activism, um, then I think they may miss the mark and they may put it, be putting their politics ahead of the gospel. And that would be a big red flag for me. Um, if they just say, hey, here's what the Bible talks about, you know, morality and life and freedom and stuff like that. So, you know, we think this candidate uh, is good for that. Go check them out. I think that should be totally fine. I mean, speak your mind. Um, but if they're like, you know, picketing and protesting and like turning vengeful and hateful towards other groups of people, um, I would say, get away from that uh, anyway. So I'd say, yeah. So if it's the small doctrinal disagreements, um, you know, I, I would probably be fine there depending on, on how, how, um, <laughs> you know, how, how far it is or how far from your opinion it is or how far from the Bible it is. If it gets to like, you know, where you put up the Bible and it's completely different, I'd run from that. And if you can't find a local church around you to physically go to, then instead of going to one of these like outright heretical churches that are probably going to lead people to hell, because I sound like Chris right now. Um, but if I'm saying, you know, it's, you know, my, my opinion's bad. I'm not calling everyone heretics, but I would say find an online church. 
So if you have access to the internet, uh, and I can totally give you give you some churches or links online. So it would always be best to go to a physical church. But if there are just none, like wherever you live, you still haven't told me, um, then an online church would probably be your best bet. Because at least you can hear, you know, some correct teaching and correct Bible and stuff like that that's going to agree with the gospel in the Bible. Um, but I would say community is important. So if you find yourself like listening to an online church, don't just like listen and shut it off and go about your day. But, you know, try to connect, try to send messages to people, like try to join. I don't know. Surely there's like some Zoom links or Zoom groups and stuff like that for people maybe in your situation where there's not a church nearby. Uh, okay, let's see. Well, all the state churches actively support LGBTQ and promote the colorful message. Uh, the state requires the churches to marry same-sex couples, and it's uh, almost a vibe that requires you to hold to that belief to not be bigoted. They even host drop-in weddings for pride people. Oh, so like in the middle of a Sunday service, um, pride spouses-to-be will, will like crash, like church crash, and like have a, on like a spontaneous wedding. Uh, I live in Sweden, by the way. A lot of Christian hate there. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I would just get away from that. I, I find that really interesting. I, <clears throat> I, w one thing I would say is I don't think that any... I don't think that any church, I, one, I, I think you may, like you said, a couple of interesting things there, Nate. I think you start to, and I'm not, you know, necessarily, I'm not up on all the American laws, but my understanding is, is that it's actually uh, contrary to the Constitution for a religious institution to promote um, any particular politician or political view, but I could be, that's I could false. be mistaken. On yeah. That. That's, that's way mistaken. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Um, but I also think I, I would stand beside you. I think in, in agreement where I don't think that a church should have to, um, marry a same sex couple. What I do find really interesting, and this is something that I that I haven't seen, and I've I've, spoke, I've asked a few people about this. I, I have my wife and I have a lot of um, friends who are members of the LGBT community, <clears throat> and I've not only have I never, and I don't want this to sound like you know you know uh, incredulity, but I've never met anyone who's spoken to anyone who knows anyone that's talked to anyone about wanting to get married in a church that would openly condemn their lifestyle. Um, so, but, but I don't think that a church should have to, right? Like if, if, you know, like, you know, a blah, blah Baptist church of any town USA, right. Or any town, any country, I don't care what it is. I don't think that they should have to, um, perform a same sex, uh, marriage, uh, if it is opposed to the tenets of their faith tradition. But, but like I said, I, I, I would be really curious if, if somebody could provide some instances of a couple, like of a same sex couple that says, Hey, first century Baptist church in Memphis, Tennessee won't marry us. And we really want to get married there. I, I don't think you're ever going to find that. Um, well, um, going back to Barroom for a second, um, it sounded like he was saying like his churches are all about it. Like, um, I, I, I maybe should reread that. 
but I don't know if you're saying that the country says like they have to marry gay people, but it sounds like even if they said you don't have to, it sounds like the churches he's got options from choosing from don't need to be told. Uh, it sounds like they're all about it. Um, so regardless of if the state commands it or not, they're just like, yes, we're all about that lifestyle. Um, so anyways, if that's the case, in any case, I, I would not go there just because that's one of the things in the Bible that is so clear that if you, um, you know, if you are preaching something different than what the Bible says, it says it's so clear in so many places, you, you just can't justify that. And, you know, people do and people try, and that's why they have the churches. But, um, you know, a lot of these churches will also have atheist pastors, like we talked about yesterday. Like some of these churches, um, Chris was going through his Rolodex of atheist heresies or whatever, like, um, or heresies in the church. And he was like pointing out like this, this one famous Nadia someone, someone apparently is an atheist pastor of like some fringe sect of church somewhere. Um, for whatever reason, for whatever motivation they have, um, who knows? But apparently that's a thing. So if that's, if they're going to do that, then they probably have lots of other problems that follow. Um, and, and yeah, I would definitely find an online church. If you could stick around, Barbara, either I can back channel you or when, uh, when more people jump in here, I know they'll have lots of good resources for online churches. Um, I mean, I can only think of like Life Church Online, but I, just because it's really popular, um, I, I don't actually know, you know, what they believe and what they preach and stuff like that. So if you stick around, um, I can back channel you when more people get here or maybe Kyoto down there. I don't know if you have any good like online type churches this guy could check out. Um, let's see. I have a very good friend. Uh, I, I would call her uh, a dear friend, a um, woman named Greta Vosper, who um, kind of gained a little bit of national uh, fame here in Canada. She, uh, she has been a, uh, a pastor at a United Church. And like, I mean, you know, for what you think of, you know, people may think of United Church as kind of like, you know, the max milk of, of churches. Um, but um, she maybe five or so years ago kind of quote unquote came out as someone who no longer believes in, uh, in God. And there, there was a, lo a lot of kind of national notoriety because the United Church wanted to, um, you know, kind of censure her and, and things like this. But um, uh, and, and I think maybe what some of the places that, that uh, um, Barama is talking about, like, because you, you will see that a lot, like, you, like in Canada, United Churches and uh, UU kind of, you know, Unitarian Universalist churches, like they'll marry anybody that comes in, like, you know, you, you could be a furry. Right. Like walk in with it. But if you walk, <laughs> but if you walk in with a marriage license, they'll marry you. And and the biggest part of me says, you know, fill your boots. Right. If you're not hurt, if you were talking about two consenting adults um, that aren't hurting anybody and they want to get married, fire it up. Um, you know, like I've, I've, I've heard, you know, people who are, you know, somewhat more crass say, look, you know, I, I think same sex couples should be able to be as miserable as everybody else who's married. Um, you know, of course, and <laughs> it just kind of makes me chuckle. Of course, it's said very tongue in cheek. I've been married for 17 years and, you know, I don't know if it's possible for me to be happier. But but yeah, I I I, I would hazard a guess that it's probably United Churches, Unitarian Churches, uh, you know, or something like that. I don't know if Sweden has um, any kind of like, quote unquote, national church, like a like a Church of England, so to speak. I think he said something in the comments about a, a state church or whatever. I Maybe I'll just reread his comments in a minute. But uh, Michael, to what you said, though, you know, I, I think I have um, I think I have the highest probability of success on my side because, you know, in the interest of never say never, 
there's got to be one case, um, which, you know, that's a challenge. If you can find a, a gay couple or whatever that's wanted a conservative church who does not believe in, uh, you know, that sort of thing, um, trying to force them to marry them, that's everyone's challenge. I think there's got to be some instance. Like, you know, I just saw this thing shifting a little bit. There was this um, trans woman who was trying to get a trans man out there, just like anyone who wanted to become a trans man, to donate their, you know, lady parts um, into this person so they could be the first trans woman, male to female, to have actual biologically female parts, reproductive parts, to get genuinely pregnant just for the purposes of abortion. Um, and that was a whole thing. So, I mean, I could totally get you that article. If you, or it's a video. They're saying it um, if you want to see it. So, like, their whole goal was to get a trans man to donate their reproductive system so it can be integrated into this trans woman solely so they can legitimately get pregnant the traditional way and then abort it. Um, so, anyways, when there's people like that and there are people like the, you know, Satanic Temple or Church of Satan who specifically – Oh, Michael, you got to mute. There's a lot of feedback coming. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be back. Just, I'll buy, I'm just dropping my dog. I'll back in a second. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, when they, they specifically say, like, their their whole religion is to kind of stick it to Christians, they're like, no, we don't believe in Satan. Um, you know, we just want to do this to, like, push back politically or whatever. So there's a lot of spite. So to think that – and there's not one instance of, you know, a gay couple who who want to get married and they want to do that in a conservative church who, you know, does not support uh, same-sex weddings – just to spite them and like hold some like dominant, like a dog peeing on something um, over them. There's gotta be like, we could probably search Facebook for a little bit. Um, and then also like, you know, was it actually successful? Cause I'm sure like courts stuff would have stepped in and be like, no, you don't have to do this or whatever, but you know, have they at least tried? So that's, that's the threshold for this uh, experiment. Anyway, uh, let's see. Was anyone else up here talking? Hey, John. Hey, honest. See if you guys want to say anything today. Lou, you too. You matter. Felix, feel free. Join us. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What's up? Uh, not a lot. I just accepted the invite. I don't have anything particular to say. I'll listen for a bit if I want to jump okay. in. I will if that's okay. All right. How about you, Lou? Are you no, speaking? I just want to. Yeah, I'm happy that Mike was a Christian now. So, because <laughs> he can't talk. Oh, that's wonderful. Welcome to the family. Hey, Lou. Uh, Barum down there was wondering about if there's any good like uh, online. Um, well, I suggested it. Any like good online churches we would recommend if he can't find um, a good local church, and he's in Sweden. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I only know the popular ones. I don't know if they're like you know doctrinally sound i just know like the popular ones oh, no idea. so do you, do you know any like doctrinally sound online churches i have no idea wow thanks for your help buddy you're welcome <laughs> let me message chris why isn't here anyway does he not have churches around him well he says he lives in sweden and most of them are like lgbt activist churches Whoa. So I'm wow. like, well, you know, if that's if that's the case and there's none others, then uh, maybe you're a great candidate for online. Maybe, maybe that's like the reason for online churches, right? Because local community and churches are important. 
but if there like legitimately are none, then, you know, it's you and your Bible and some online churches <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully some online groups and stuff like that. How long he's been in the Lord? Uh, maybe he could like start, start a fellowship that, um, somewhere, I don't know, maybe on Facebook, try to get like-minded believers. You kind of just start up, you know, Bible studies, stuff like that. Um, that sucks. I can't imagine there being, like, nothing but LGBTQ churches around me. Oh. Wow, I can't spell doctrinally. Is it E-O-Y? O-Y. Let's put sound doctrine. Haha, <laughs> crisis averted. You know it's bad whenever, like, spell, spell check won't, like, correct it? It's like, wow, you're really dumb. I mean, that's probably too much. Oh, there he is. Chris, I just asked you a question. Uh, it, I mean, it's probably a little too much of an undertaking to, like, start something from the ground up. But, I mean, he says, like, you know, all the all these state churches. I'm not really sure on what that means. Um, but they're, like, they must, like, uh, apparently affirm, you know, the LGBTQ IAPS uh, stuff. Um, yeah, it sounds to me like, I mean, when you say state church, it seems like the state is running stuff. So, yeah, I, w I would definitely look for some type of underground situation where, you know, maybe you do go to these churches, but you see how people actually, you know, you talk to people and do you really, you know, it's hard, it's hard situation. Chris is probably still in the shower. He can't come talk yet. <laughs> First thing you're imagining in the morning. Okay, Michael. Well, I mean, we are. Yeah. I've gotten to know Chris pretty well, I guess. <laughs> He's either in the diner or taking his father-in-law somewhere or in the shower. Okay, Church of Sweden is the Evangelical Lutheran Church. Eh. Mostly follows. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to out-Google a native of Sweden. So, yeah, I think the best we're going to be able to do, if you haven't found something, if you've looked and can't find anything in your area, the best we can hope for is... Uh, is a doctrinally sound online church. So if Chris could get out of the shower and read the internet and uh, not, not to put too much weight on you. Hey, hang on. Are you telling, are, are you, are you going to about to tell Chris to get out and read a book? <laughs> well, re read the internet, I think is about a like, I mean, I don't know how many ancient tomes will have like up to date, like online theologically sound churches. That's really interesting. You know, that, 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 that's funny. You pro provoke something interesting. I remember hearing in a chat once, um, a couple of people were talking, saying, you know, it's like, why doesn't, you know, it's like, why doesn't the Bible contain any, um, I, what was the question that was asked? And I, I thought, I didn't think it was particularly controversial. And they were like, wow, this is the best argument ever. But I, it was an interesting like question. That was put, yeah, like, like, why doesn't the Bible contain any hints of what will be because it, like one thing that i have heard said is that the bible doesn't contain any and i haven't i haven't dug into this enough for myself and i probably should but the bible doesn't contain any knowledge that wasn't available at the time it was written and so what what would be kind of relevatory is if the bible contained no, contained information of like of something that they could not have known at the time, 
like they could not have known. Like something, um, you know, about, you know, um, uh, you know, something from the field of astronomy or, you know, like just something anyway. And, and, but, but it, it's interesting. And like I said, I don't think it's just like knock down, drag out, like, wow, best reason to be an atheist ever. All I'm saying, like, I've, I heard it said and it was an interesting, it was an interesting point. That's all. You know, I think, is there something in Nahum that people will, I, I wouldn't look at the verse, but it's, um, it may be the best thing you have. Well, hang on. So talking about future events, crack open Revelation. Just bookmark that. And if that starts happening, then there you go. Question asked and answered. Um, even though it's, I mean, that would be stuff they didn't know then. So if the sky starts falling, water turns to blood, you know, all, all these fun things start happening. Someone sets himself up in a newly constructed temple of the rock and says they're God. Um, there you go. That's exactly what went. However, in the interim, um, is it Nahum or somewhere like that, that people will say it's a reference to future cars? Because uh, it talks about like what, like chariots with lights, or it de- describes a chariot in some kind of way that that oddly resembles like a modern day car. Does anyone? It, I think it's in like Nahum or something like that. See, that's interesting. You bring up something inter- something else interesting there too. And um, I was talking to. Um, uh, someone that actually uh, Josh Bowen introduced me to, uh, Kip Davis, who's a biblical scholar, speaks all the all those languages and stuff like that. And um, I was chatting with someone about one of the things that you said that's interesting. You know, talk about Revelation, you know, you know the sky falling and stuff like that. And it, it's interesting because those are things that I think, you know, someone who believes has to be particularly careful about, right? Because when the like so for example if the bible makes a claim especially like a, a future claim right a prediction or something like that or a prophecy about something that we've now come to identify isn't even possible that's problematic and what i'm re- specifically referencing is is the part in the bible i can't remember the verse now where the bible talks about you know it says you know stars will fall from the sky and i the apologetic that i heard was that, oh, the Bible, what they're referencing is angels falling from the sky. But when I was talking to Kip Davis, who understands the language and everything like that, that's actually, when you actually dive back into the, in, like, into the ancient languages, that's not what they were talking about. This was apocalyptic prophecy. They, like, they were talking about the physical bodies themselves falling from the sky. And this was meant to basically scare people. And... The reason this is problematic is because that's impossible, right? So, like, like for example, like the the sun is a star, right? The people, like in biblical times, they didn't know that. They had no idea what the sun even was. Um, they didn't know what the moon was either. Um, and all the heavenly bodies, quote unquote, that they saw, you know, you know, twinkling and like stars twinkling in the sky. Um, there's, uh, I've heard other people reference, you know, that that there were ancient peoples, like not necessarily biblical times that assigned, you know, sentience to these things. Well, like, they're twinkling, they're moving, you know, these things must be alive, they must be trying to communicate with us in some way. All of these stars are hundreds, if not millions of times bigger than the Earth. So, like, it, it would, it would like, saying stars will fall from the sky is tantamount to saying the sun will fall from the sky, right? The Earth couldn't, like, the sun couldn't get a whole lot closer it's 93 ish million miles away now it couldn't get a whole lot closer without earth just becoming a, a you know a 
a speck of dust, you know, just being vaporized. So it, it's interesting when you when you talk about so going back to what you're saying to make a long story longer. Um, when you go back to talking about you know like talking about prophecy and things like that, it prophecy can be a sketchy thing if the Bible references things that we know can't happen. So let's see. You said some. I'm googling too. So backing up all the way. First, Nahum 2.4 is what we're talking about. So, you know, very, very loosely, like if you hold an image of a car in your mind, you'll be like, huh, that's strangely close. But, you know, you can also be like the chariots were driving really fast. Um, so, you know, you could take it as like whatever language. But, I mean, this is what it says. So short of the sky falling that we'll get to in a second. Uh, let's see. Chariots come with flashing metal on the day he musters them. Cypher spears are brandished. The chariots race madly through the streets, and they rush to and fro through the squares. They gleam like torches. They dart like lightning. So if you're thinking, okay, really fast chariot with lots of torches. Okay, got it. Um, while, like, war's going on, like, pillaging ensues. Um, or you think, huh, what would a fast chariot be? I don't know. If it's moving like lightning, that's got to be really fast. Could that be a car? Anyway, that's, like, the case people make saying, like, the Bible prophesies cars. So, eh, you know, someone who believes this stuff. Um, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but I can I can see it's interesting. Um, as far as the planets, like these people, like on one hand, we can't say they're like, you know, so intellectually astute and like so great at like mind games and like, you know, bending philosophies and twisting things, not you, but that they're like so like evil geniuses that they can like, you know, create a Bible and a cult to fit, to brainwash people for thousands of years. And on the other hand, be like, they're ignorant goat farmers when it suits our purposes. And by our, I mean, you know, not me, those people. Um, so, you know, the Babylonians, the Egyptians knew about planets, the Greek philosophers, like that were around, you know, e even before the times that, you know, the stars will fall. Um, I mean, from like 500 BC um, around there. So, and on. So by the time we get to the New Testament, like the Egyptians, the Babylonians, like plenty of cultures and civilizations knew what planets were. So I think to say that they, they were so dumb and they really thought the stars will fall and, you know, they're talking about the sun and stuff like that. Like they had a grasp, like they didn't, may not have had telescopes or modern stuff, but, you know, they had, they had a good deal of knowledge, maybe more than we would ascribe them to for this conversation. So, yeah. And then I remember like last time, you know, we talked about shooting stars. We know the sun is not coming at us, or a sun from far away is not coming at us when we see a shooting star. Yet we still, in spite of everyone knowing this, we still call them shooting stars. When like a little meteorite or something like that comes into our atmosphere and burns up on its way. So, yeah, I guess that's what I'd say. And then you know, yeah, and, and that's yeah. A, it, yeah, that's an interesting kind of you know colloquialism, right? You know, we call them shooting stars even though everybody knows full well it's not a star, right? But you know, I, uh, I, it's probably safe to say that, you know, anybody, like, in, take, you know, all up, up, up until the time of, you know, like the, you know, that even, I would say even up until the Bible was canonized, and there may be somebody who can, you know, demonstrate that I'm wrong about this, and I'm, I'm open to, to, to correction for sure. But, you know, if, if you look at, you know, the, the, the time when all these things were written, probably safe to say that they like you, you know when you look up in the sky like there's probably you know there's there's times of the year where we can look up and we can see venus and we can see mars you know um you know depending on where you are in the country or the world you know they're available at different times and all this other stuff um 
you know, but to look up, I, I would, I would make the claim, I would make the, the guess that nobody, that nobody at the time that this was written could look up. And other than the fact that Alpha Centauri flickers because it's a star and Mars doesn't because it's a planet would know the difference between the two. Like, oh, one flickers and one doesn't. So one is talking to us and the other one isn't, right? And, and I think that's as close as you're going to get because, like, e- even to the naked eye, like, like when, you, when you look up at the stars, when you, look at another, when you look at another star, if you look at it directly, it's hard to see the pulsation. It's hard to see the flickering. I actually l- I remember learning this in high school. If you want to actually see it flicker, you have to focus just just outside of it. So don't look directly at it. And then you'll see the flickering um, easier than you will otherwise. So, you know, and I wouldn't call them ignorant goat herders. I think in, I think in, I think it's fair to call them ignorant in the case in, in the sense that there are things that they were ignorant about, not that they were totally ignorant. Um, yeah, but but it's fair to say that. You know, the people, you know, around in biblical times didn't know jack about physics, right? They didn't know anything about it. Um, and that, I don't think that's, a, that's in, you know, insulting or demeaning in any way. They, they were ignorant about it, much like I'm ignorant about it now. Well, I mean, they would have had some... Okay, so that's, that's sort of fair, um, but maybe not all the way. So, I mean, like, at least they would have known the difference in a planet and star... I mean, maybe not by like body or chemical makeup or whatever, but they would have known that you know some stars uh, blink and stay still, and other stars quote stars do not blink and they they travel or they wander around the sky. So I mean, you, you know, and, and I mean they came up with Mars for a reason. Like I, I don't think I may need some correction. I don't think they thought Mars and Venus and Jupiter were stars, um, or they were a special class. So I don't know that. So that may need some correcting for me. But they definitely would have noticed that some stayed still and some moved. Um, so, I mean, I think that they, they were called like wandering stars. I think that's what they called them. So we can at least say that they, they knew enough to like know there was a difference. But anyways, what if like not everyone knew the difference, right? Like, can you imagine like some people in like Norway still says like, um, well, I don't know, help me out, Barum. Does anyone like make any reference to like, you know, something that, that they don't believe in now, but act as if it's true? Like, you know, by the gods, like, you know, invoking the old like, well, I guess Norse gods, I don't know, Sweden, if that counts, since it's next door. But I mean, you know, some expression, right? Or I'm like, how many atheists, like how many times a day, Michael, are you like, oh my God? Uh, well, I mean, you don't believe in a God, yet, you know, you or at least many other people who don't believe in a God would still say things or like, goodness, how many times do people, you know, use the name Jesus in a day, uh, full well, not believing in the, you know, resurrection power and Jesus is God. So if someone's like, you know, the stars will fall from the heavens, or if it was just for the benefit of other people, like maybe some people are like learned and even Jesus in his parables, like sometimes he's like, um, look, you're not ready for these things now. Like, you know, I can't tell you all this because like, you know, like you can't handle the truth. You can't handle this. So even if it's something like that and we can hypothesize our way to absurdity, but I mean, if it's for the benefit of the people listening, who if Jesus and his disciples are like, oh yes, you've revealed this to me. And Jesus is like, yeah, but they're going to like, you know, kill all of us at the same time. If, if they, they, if we tell them there's a difference in stars and planets and it's meteorites, they're going to think like, you're like possessed by the devil too. Like who knows? Um, so he's like, yeah, just go with stars. They're shooting stars. They're falling stars. 
I mean, I get that that sounds absurd, but um, doesn't mean it's false. Or if people just didn't understand that, and they're like, he's saying the stars, uh, you know, he's saying like chunks of rock are going to fall. What are we like Nicodemus? Like, how can I be born again? Am I supposed to like have my mom rebirth me? It's like falling rocks, meteorites. What are we supposed to throw rocks from earth up high enough that they fall down and glow? Like, can't you see someone saying that? Yeah, um, possibly. And and you're right in that it doesn't necessarily follow that that it uh, that it invalidates the story at all. Like that would be a massive stretch for someone to say, well, because it says this, that means it's all false. That that would be that would be a very sketchy thing to say. Oh, and, and Bob, I, I meant a long time ago to say if you can't find anything else, like stick around here. Like we we talk about a fair amount of nonsense, but um, you know, we we do talk about like what we believe is the biblical, biblically accurate gospel a lot. Um, and I mean, that's, that's really the whole mission of this, this group, this room, at least from my perspective is to, you know, tell people what Christianity actually is versus what it is not. And yeah. So anyways, you you said you wanted to learn. So stick around here. We usually have a lot of people who are very knowledgeable and, uh, you know, Bible believing God fearing Christians who, uh, come in and share their opinions and talk and stuff like that. So, um, if you're just looking to like learn about the Bible and learn about stuff like that, then this is definitely a, a good place for you. And, you know, if it's one of the times we talk about just nonsensical stuff, well, feel free to tune out and check us out later. We Anyways. literally never talk about nonsense. Come on. Welcome. The queen of nonsense has arrived. Wow. <laughs> Steph, you don't know of any online Bible-believing churches, do you? Online Bible-believing churches? Yeah, let me think about that one. I asked Chris, he's like, not really, because, you know, everything's a heresy to him. Well, but, um, yeah, this guy, this guy lives in Sweden, so he's having a hard time finding a local church, which, you know, makes sense. Um, actively support LGBT yeah, in Sweden, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was trying to, like, think of, like, a, I mean, there's got to be a biblically, or, you know what, wait, why am I even thinking of online churches? Forget that. Like, oh my gosh, I was, I'm having, like, a brain break again. Like, I was, like, specifically gearing towards only online churches. I mean, like, every church in the world has an online service. So, okay, you know what, I can, I can help you out, Barum. Uh, yeah. So give me just a little bit and I'll send you some links. But wow, thanks, Steph. Your presence here uh, redirected me. Yes. So yeah, it's not just like, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I shouldn't be thinking like an online only church. Um, I should just be thinking like my own church or, you know, I'm surprised Chris didn't give his link to whatever that is. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be able to get you a church with online access that you can um, I think probably what yeah, it was, I feel it, like... it was the presence of, of Calvinist Steph. I am then, not. Uh, no, no, no. We're not. Don't. It's too early for that. It's not even 9 a.m. You got to accuse me of Calvinism after 9 a.m. because I'm not awake yet. Listen, so the there are two components to church for me, right? So there's, well, there's a bunch, but I think the two main ones that you're probably missing in your life, Badram, are like the teaching aspect and then the communal aspect. So it's exactly as Nate said. He could probably send you some really good, like your church, Nate. So he's got uh, a lot of churches have online sermons, so he could send you a link and then you can like, they'll either a link to YouTube or they'll have a live feed embedded right on their website. And you can watch that every Sunday morning here on clubhouse. Pastor Mark broadcasts his sermons every Sunday morning at 11 and they are phenomenal. So we could also probably send you a link to that. I love listening oh, to Pastor them? Mark. I've listened to them on clubhouse sometimes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love listening to Pastor Mark preach. He is really, really awesome. And he gives really good messages. And, and he's always, I don't know, he's very, 
Pastor Markish. I don't know if he's in here, but anyway, we can get you connected to that. So he broadcasts the sermons. Are, are they what? saved live as replays, or do you have to catch them live? Or, I mean, are they saved he, as replays? Yeah, actually, that's a good live? point. He saves them as replays. Yeah, so if you go to his profile, we that? could. Yep, yep, we'll link that. So Pastor Mark on Clubhouse is a really good resource for hearing good teaching. And then the other element is the community, right? So when you're in a church, you're in a community, and that's a huge gap in your life if you don't have access to a local church. So I would say something even like this. Now, it doesn't replace church, but if you have no options, then this is still a decent one. So we can give you some recommendations for people to follow um, to get really good Bible-based teaching, even just on Clubhouse. Um, And then, yeah, I would say Clubhouse is my favorite medium for Christian community and Bible study. There's a lot of arguing and you have to weed through a lot of, you know, garbage. Um, But there are some people that when they're up preaching, then I'm like really excited to be in the room and hear the conversation. Uh, So yeah, Clubhouse is not a bad outlet for that. Well, yeah. So yeah, Steph, if you could find Pastor Mark singing like yeah, that. I'll do that now. Yeah. Barum, we have help. Thanks, Steph. Um, and and uh, in, a, in a minute, I'll find you um, some other links to um, some of my, my current or past churches too. Cause I really like my, um, my church, like during COVID when everyone had to like, you know, pretty much stay home for a little bit. Cause we all thought it was the end of the world um, and no one knew what was going on. And, and we didn't go to um, our, our regular physical church. Uh, we watched online and the church I used to go to in another state. Um, I really, I really miss it. Like it was, it was so good. Anyway, I'll give you that link too. Um, okay. So here is pastor Mark. Pastor Mark is a legit pastor and he uh, leads a church in Florida, right? Yeah. Florida. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah. Every Sunday morning at 11 AM, you can get on and right at the pulpit. He broadcasts his sermons live on clubhouse. So if you're new to Clubhouse Bodrum, if you click this link right above me that says follow Mark on Clubhouse, and then you hit go to link and then scroll down a little bit, you'll see his recordings like uh, listen to message, Romans 12, 17, real love applied. So those are all of his, you know, yeah, those Michael, are all of his. Sermons. Yeah, and I'm getting you a link now. Michael, it's just happening in chat. Uh, quote, when I said, we thought it was the end of the world. You ever read Revelation? <laughs> yes. I can imagine people saying the stars are falling, just as I said, we all thought it was the end of the world. I actually didn't think it was the end of the world. I was being hyperbolic. So this, this is like a real life, um, you know, confusion that just happened. Can you imagine going back a couple thousand years and not giving these people the benefit of the doubt? Like, bro, it's, it's not a star. Come on. <laughs> is, is well, it, well, maybe a joke. I, I mean, hope you, hopefully you didn't really think that, but I think it was good to illustrate the point. So, um, you know, thank you for for participating and helping helping illustrate the point. Um, yeah, the hard part is is that when is that when this you know when it's contained within a book that's supposed to be the inspired word of an omniscient being. That's where it becomes a little bit more problematic. Well, but Jesus says his sheep know his voice. So if I read it and you know mil- billions of Christians read it and we have zero problem with it, you're like, yeah, we get it, no problem at all. And then other people are like, well, we don't quite see it. It could have been more clear. I mean, is that the Bible being true thousands of years ago where, you know, perhaps these are not the sheep who know his voice? Because the ones that do are like, yeah, we have zero problem. But the ones who don't are like, yeah, we have some problems. I mean, it's not particularly. Yeah, but it's not particularly problematic for the people who believe the story to believe the story. Sure, because we believe the story. (laughs) Jamesy, welcome. 
Yeah. Um, to the conversation with uh, the brother that's looking for a church, like if he had already found a church that he really liked, I would just reach out to them and see if they record their sermons because you can get on their snail mail list and they'll bring you a copy of every Sunday service if you want them to. Every church I've gone to has been willing to do that. Well, I don't think he has found one he liked, so that was that was what he was asking for. Um, uh, it's a new convert. Well, I, I, I don't know. He didn't he didn't answer. Like we, that was the question, Barum. Uh, how long have you been a Christian, or are you, or are you just looking, or you're? I, I yeah. But you know hey, I'm maybe saying? I could find a link ties. to the church that I go, that I go to sometimes, and I can uh, send a link there, and you can search the audience and see if you see me sitting there with my arms crossed. <laughs> Well, Michael, Michael what denomination uh, could you tell us? You go to? <laughs> uh, Baptist. Oh. It's a, a, Caval- a Cavalry Baptist in uh, uh, Oshawa, Ontario. And, uh, and they do, I'm pretty sure they do actually do, um, uh, not, not specifically a link. I think they actually stream on YouTube. Um, I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. And now, now I have to go find that out for sure. I wanna, now I want to scan the audience for myself. Do you uh, do you think knowing what you know of of Clubhouse and our our heresy meter, would Chris approve of the church you go to, or would he say it's terrible and full of heresies? Um, of what I know, well, I mean, pretty. <laughs> this will sound worse than I mean it to, but I'm pretty sure Chris thinks unless you go to Chris's church, you're a heretic. Um, <laughs> I'm dead. But, um, but no. Uh, in in uh, in seriousness, um. I think, no, I think he would probably, I think he'd actually probably be okay with it because they, um, yeah, like it's a very solid Trinitarian message, um, but it's not, but it's not Calvinist. So, eh, mm, no, probably burn in hell. All right, Barham, I just sent you a link that looks really long, but it goes straight to like the watch services um, thing. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a good resource between pastor Mark and yeah, I want to check that out. Um, did you, you posted that stuff? Yeah. The oh, link, did you just, see, did you just send that to him? If you, if you listened uh, or looked at your phone, Nate, you no, right above us here is the follow Mark on clubhouse link and all of his replays are in his profile. So you will see him 11 a.m. on Sundays, broadcasting from the pulpit. Well, I guess you won't see him, right? You will hear him. You'll hear him. On Sundays. <laughs> Nate! <laughs> I'm going to strangle you today. I'm, I'm trying to find this. Okay, I clicked on the link. Um, Scroll down. Do houses? No, okay. You click mark on Clubhouse. Uh, the link above uh-huh. our heads, right? And then now you're looking at his profile? Uh-huh. Okay, so right down below houses, it says speaker in, and any of his that start with listen to message, those are his broadcasts. Oh, got it. Okay, I got it. Yeah. All right, Byron, let us know if that, uh, that helps you out. Also, his Living by the Book series was really good. So if you're in the mood to go back through replays, Mark and Chris doing Living by the Book. I ended up having a Wednesday night meeting scheduled on, like, the fourth one. It was so sad. So I missed almost all of them, but I was able to do some replays. But they were, that was a really good series that he did, right, on Clubhouse. And is Living by the Book, uh, the Bible, is that the book? 
And no, the book is called Living by the Book. And it's, get this, in very crisp fashion, it's how to read the Bible. Okay. So they go through chapter by book. chapter. Yeah, how to read a book. No, this is Living by the Book is how to read the Bible. So they in each chapter, they tackle a different topic, like understanding to- context, uh, historical context, literary techniques, uh, resources for finding out who the author was. You know, it was just a really good, yeah, really good breakdown of how to discern biblical text on an academic level. So they did a whole series over 12 weeks, chapter by chapter in that book. So in the name of equal opportunity and a very serious note, if there's anybody that's struggling with their faith and needs some help uh, on the atheist community, there are resources out there and please reach out to me and I can point you to some, some uh, community and some do not. Do not do that. If you want to, if you want to be led straight to hell, honest can take you there. there you go. Hey, look, there's people who struggle. Hey, I've struggled. Well, Jeff, I appreciate that, but, you know, I mean, you know, if you want to, like, like, no equal opportunity here. Like, you know, we're, we're, I mean, this is what we believe and why we believe it. So, you know, if anyone wants to know what not to do or what not to do to be Christian, then, you know, there's plenty of rooms if you just scroll down. But I don't want to give rise to that here. Um, anyways. He got mad. Oh, no. Oh, he's back. <laughs> Honest. Come on, man. You know better. It's funny. So do you think it's fair to say that I, well, I guess, uh, I don't know. It's your space. Um, I respect you doing what you want with your space. And I guess it's probably true that I haven't said what Honest just said. Um, But... uh, I don't know. I'm having a hard time seeing the fairness in that. What, 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 what? I mean, I guess, you know, since... I'm not questioning you, I'm just saying... I want to say something else. I want to say something about fairness. But, you know, it's open for discussion. So if it's something so much as as an outright plug for anti-Christian stuff, when the entire point of this group is, you know, what Christians believe and why we believe it, and, you know, although... So you do a very good job of discussing and, you know, being, being the opposition. So, you know, I don't, I don't really censor that because, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not like, you know, someone who, I'm not the gatekeeper, like people can do whatever they want. Um, but I do feel some sort of responsibility. Like, you know, if there's a bunch of Christians or, you know, people that are like, you know, reasonably sound or like, you know, Chris, Steph, you know, the regular run of the mo people uh, who are versed in Christianity and, you know, these kind of discussion debate communities, um, then, you know, they're on like stalled enough ground that I don't feel any personal responsibility. However, when there's someone who comes in and they're like, you know, I'm struggling, I don't know, I have questions, I need help, and they specifically ask for things like, you know, a Christian church that they can, like, get the answers they're wanting, um, and, you know, we're providing that, and then someone's like, well, you know, in the interest of equality, let me give you the exact opposite of that. Like, if they then went straight to, like, these links and found themselves in a I hate God, but he doesn't exist room, um, that was unfair. But if they if they find themselves in one of these rooms and end up being like a Muslim or an atheist the next day because of it, um, they're an adult. They can do whatever they want. However, I would feel some sort of responsibility because I let that be peddled in my room. And that's just a bridge too far. So if we want to talk about, you know, following our honest convictions, that's I mean, that's I mean, that is religious, but it's not doesn't even have to be that. That's just like reasonable. Like you wouldn't go into a symposium about science 
and a reasonable person wouldn't just like stand up, uh, you know, and start talking about, um, I don't know, young earth creationism and, you know, things that are totally counter to what the speaker is doing, unless you're picketing or protesting. So same thing here, right? Like it's very a clearly cut Christian room, um, you know, answering questions from a Christian perspective. So if we have someone like, you know, jumping up, like essentially being like, okay, well, now let me give you 100% the opposite of what all this stuff is. You wouldn't do that probably in a public square or you'd probably be escorted out. It's just that, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like some sort of eh way about that. Yeah, there, okay. So in, in this room, right, it's Ask a Christian and we have, and Michael, you've been modded in this room for the reason that you've exactly never, ever done what Jeff just did. Right. So you have never gotten up and been like, well, I'm just going to completely trivialize everything that Nate and Steph just said and interject my own opinion. You have said your opinion, which is different without that sort of like mentality, right? Without that sort of framing. And so that's why you have sometimes earned a green bean in this room is because we know that we can trust you. You always open with that disclosure of this isn't my room and I'm not an atheist and here's my personal opinion. So having Jeff come up here and say, you know, in the interest of fairness and equality and, you know, just to counteract Nate's terrible ideas on mental health here, come, you know, join my group and be an atheist. We're not talking about mental health, Jeff. We're talking about a dude who's in Sweden who was asking about uh, resources online for a church to go to. So the context in which you made that statement was ridiculous. So first of all, second of all, uh, we don't allow preaching in this room that's contrary to what the, the, uh, uh, accepted Christian belief is right. Like the biblical Christian belief. So if someone who's oneness, like if, if anyone who we like, we love Brandon Nero and we love Charles Johnson. And if either of those guys came up on the stage and started preaching oneness, which we view as a heresy and completely counter to, um, our doctrine and the correct doctrine, we would put them off the stage. So this is not just like, we don't like Jeff day or we don't like mental health day, whatever that means. Uh, this is we don't allow preaching in here that's contradictory to our very basic beliefs. We allow argument and discussion and wild question. But if you're going to stand up and advertise for, hey, if you want to come be an atheist, uh, people who are seeking out Christianity, come follow me. OK, there you go. Go follow Honest Inquiry. You can do that. But we're not going to allow you to preach it on this. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't want to hand in supporting that. And it's, it's like, you know, the guy I mean, specifically, it was it was missing the mark. Right. So the guy specifically uh was looking for churches and then jeff starts out where if you're questioning your faith as far as i know no one no one's doing that no one said that like he's specifically looking for churches to learn about this faith so he's like well if so like uh, you know maybe i'm my mind is on the the animal world since you know i've been dealing with my dog and his bathroom habits and, and stuff like that because he, he doesn't want to go and it's raining and then I'm, I'm like getting wet and stuff like that so michael whenever you're in here it's akin to you being like oh excuse me let me use the restroom you go to the restroom and every now and then you may get like a, a little bit of a little bit of like a, you know, dribble on the floor. I'm like, no big deal. That's a person. That's, you know, we're just we're all humans. Um, but then what Jeff did was taking his hind leg and just peeing all over the floor in front of everyone. <laughs> I, I, I so, get it. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, you know, my I guess what's probably fair to say is, you know, my bias is accepted. Right. Honest is a friend. And so, you know, but yeah, like, like I said, it's your space. Just, and I, just don't a, I mean, I don't have a problem with him. I, I know it gets a little testy sometimes, but I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him. I've talked to him a lot. I mean, sometimes, you know, the, the obstinance gets on my nerves, but, you know, that's that's my deal, not his. I mean, he's usually 
uh, you know, pretty respectful and stuff like that. And we have a nice enough conversation most times. So it's not like I have animus toward the guy at all. Um, but I mean, you know, that was just, I mean, it's like, Michael, like, I, I don't have any problem with you. I think we're friendly and, you know, I dare say could even be friends. Um, but if you started, well, I don't know, being like, Hey, Christianity, you know, I think it's false, but here's a bunch of resources. And I want you to talk to these people. Deconversion is important. Um, so, you know, all these Christians don't listen to them. Um, they're completely whacked out of their mind. Well, I mean, you know, not only would that be like incredibly just disrespectful of, of the audience, of the crowd, of, of us, um, but it's, it's so far off message off the platform that I'd be like, well, Michael, I don't know this is out of character for you, but, you know, let's, let's try again tomorrow. You get what I'm saying, well, It's right? interesting, I mean, probably, though. Probably if I, I started no. saying something, well, well, like if I started saying something to you that was just like so far off base or just like, you know, using the R word over and over and over again, like knowing you don't yeah. like it. So even if it's like my free speech and I should be able to say it if I want, just the fact that I know you detest that word, it would show like an utter lack of respect for you. And it's like, well, at that point, like, why am I even here? Like, if he doesn't respect me enough to, you know, humor me on this, then we need to take a break. Uh, go ahead. Sure. I know. No, I, I do. No, I, I do get that. And I guess, um, but it is fair to say that I have on this very stage said things like, you know, hey, if you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to talk sometimes, feel free to message me or add me or something like that. Um, and, okay, I, I see the difference, but, you know, yeah, my, I, I think I mean, maybe my bias is clouding it a little bit, you know. Michael, I have sure, right, I'm sure, like, you, you, let me get you, a church link. <laughs> you represent yourself as an atheist. Like, you never pretend to be, you're never in the middle. You're like, oh, here's my position as an atheist, right? I'm sure that you have received countless messages after these rooms or during or whatever that say, hey, wasn't that stupid what they just said? Or what do you think about this? Da, 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 da. And people back channel you because they know you're the resident atheist. Probably the same thing has happened to Jamesy, actually, because he's here a lot, too. That's not a problem, right? But if you or Jamesy stood up here and started evangelizing, we'd start to be like, hey, uh, not here. Like, we're, we're here for a purpose and we're not evangelizing other, you know, and a debate is different. Um you know, we discuss difficult topics, but coming up on stage, having nothing to say to me or Nate, and then addressing the audience, by the way, you can uh, reach out to me if you want better mental health, whatever he said. It's like, uh, okay, that's which very the, different from what you do. Which, by the way, we already got in trouble for one mental health conversation. So, uh, yeah, unless I'm very, very sure in like the resources uh, being given out for mental health. Like, you know, licensed, vetted, you want peer review, let's get some of that to like review these, these mental health resources we're giving out. I want to tread super lightly because otherwise people, um, you know, consider that a call to action to uh, report the Christian room. Really? My evidence is that has been done before. You didn't know that? Yeah, we got the whole room shut down. Like a thousand something members like well, got the club wait, canceled because some guy got his, nope. About drug addiction, to be fair. That, I mean, I guess it kind of was mental health, but we talk about mental health, but that was that was a specific person advocating for the fact that drug addiction is sin and nothing more. And that Oh, I, okay, yes. I re, yeah, thank you for, yeah, refresh my memory. I remember that. Yeah, and that was... Yeah. And regardless. Yeah, yeah so we, we try to be, uh, uh, you know, tiptoey around that to not give people an excuse. However, remaining true to our convictions. So, for example, um, if someone wants to report, you know, like a sincerely held religious belief, like, you know, repent or die in your sin and burn in hell or, uh, you know, receive this gift of eternal life through Jesus. If someone gets offended over that, then fine, I'll die on that hill. Um, but, yeah, some like uh, 
ethereal mental health hotline or resource or number. Nah, let's just stay away from all that. Yeah, I agree. But for the record, when Jeff came up, we were talking about, um, like the thing he was reacting to was me saying that church, like that what Bajra might be missing is the community in a church. And so there are different resources to find community online. And then I think Jeff had only heard the end of that because I was talking strictly about being involved in, you know, in a social situation with other believers, which Clubhouse may be good for him for that. I was not, this was not a conversation about mental health. This was a conversation about finding a church when you're in a community without one, just so everybody understands how that went. Well, that was fun. <laughs> Let's see what's next on the, what's next on the thing. I mean, Barham said he wanted to learn. Um, He's probably not learning too much right now. Do we have something? Uh, do we have something? Let's see. Uh, let's let's pull on the wisdom of Chris. Chris, this guy lives in Sweden. Can't find a good church that's not like steeped in like you know anti-biblical heresy stuff. Um, he says he wanted to learn, I guess, about Christianity or more about the Bible. Where would you start? What's your nugget of wisdom that you would start with if someone is? I, I don't know if they're a new convert or not, but let's just let's just say they are because I don't know. What's the stuff you would start off with, like uh, that you would, you would, the wisdom you would impart to this guy? Um, I mean, I know for a fact, it depends on what area he's in, but I know for a fact there are good biblical churches in Sweden. Um, you know, so I'd have to ask around, but ligonier.org would be a really good place to start. No. Uh, or, no, be quiet stuff. Um, <laughs> or, um, you know, the Master's Academy, uh, or I'm sorry, the Master's uh, Seminary Church Finder is also another really good resource um, that even does foreign countries. Um, you know, so, so there's definitely, you know, if you look at denominations, um, there there's also, you know, if you look at PCA or if you look at some of the other denominations, you, you should be able to find resources for, you know, churches of those solid denominations within your country. So, you know, I, I would also not suggest an online church um, because there really is no such thing. Um, there's, there's church and then there's listening to preachers, but the point of church is to gather together with other people in the community. And I, and I think Steph probably covered that. Yeah, we all yeah. agree with that. It's just like, you know, if you're like legitimately, you know, lacking for options or it's like, you know, it's like, what's a good Christian podcast? Well, that's not going to be a replacement for church. Yet we still, you know, listen to Christian podcasts, for example. Yeah, I mean, Ligonier.org would be an excellent place to start for basic Christian catechism. I mean, you know, they're going to talk about the the Trinity. You're going to get a bit of church history. You're going to get a bit of uh, theology. You're going to get a bit of hermeneutics. Um, you know, Sproul was always very, very solid, and so you know, you're gonna you're gonna get some. And they have excellent fellows um, from all types of denominations, not just Presbyterian. So Ligonier, Ligonier.org would absolutely be my, my go-to. Um, you know, look up Vodi Bauckham, uh, V-O-D-D-I-E, Bauckham. He's my favorite preacher. Um, you know, there's tons of other resources along those lines. Well, a couple thoughts. Thank God no one can spell Ligonier, first of all. And second of all, <laughs> he said that he uh, had looked for a church in his local area. Like, it sounds like he... How did he word it? It sounds like he lives in a small area and there isn't anything available near him. So he's looking, at, but he doesn't he doesn't have anything physically near him and needs to solve that problem. So I don't think he's like, yeah. 
I mean, well, and I, I mean, mean, you know, Steph, I heard you wince, but yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take a Calvinist over, you know, apparently his state-run churches. Well, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. He that's says what, his churches support that's LGBTQ. That's what you're doing, Steph. What? <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, here. I'll post the link for it when I finish driving. Or maybe Nate would be so kind as to post the link to Ligonier.org. Nate, choose a, a side. Which side are you going to choose this morning, Nate? Oh, boy. I mean, see, this is in the realm of, like, it's it's all Christian enough. Like, Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I mean, as far as posting stuff, like, I I posted my humble podcast, and Steph erased that to put up Pastor Mark. At Um, your request. Seems (laughs) seems suspicious that there's no, like, Arminian teaching ministries. Are there not? Oh, there have to be. (laughs) Oh, yeah? How many of them are famous? Exactly none. That's not fair. I don't know anything you talk about either. You're like, have you heard about this? It's the most widely known Christian resource ever. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Using me and my lack of, of like, going out into the world and, you know, doing the same research on, like, stuff you do um, is, is not evidence for anything. So take Ligonier.org had 77 million unique visitors last year. Well, yeah, and half of them were Armenians going, ew, what is this? In, in Chris's defense, um, I, am, I am living testament to, if you ask him for a link, he'll send you a link. I could share my back channel where he sent me links to stuff I didn't even want to look at. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but he'll, like, he'll, he'll, he'll send a link to anything you, you want, and, and I actually... I think I chat, I mentioned this before. He sent me a link on this guy, Bodie Bauckham, and I watched it. I, I disagree with everything, single solitary thing he said. But he sent the link, nonetheless. And to the testament to Michael is that he actually watched 40 minutes of Bodie Bauckham, which is very impressive um, on its own. And, you know, it, we, we've been talking about Christian nationalism a lot, and Bodie Bauckham has a very nuanced and interesting talk on the topic. Is that what Michael watched? Is that the content of? Yeah. Was it like a talk or like a sermon? Was he preaching like nationalism from the, the pulpit? <laughs> um, uh, not exactly preaching it, but but what's interesting is is that given given certain circumstances, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Under certain circumstances, depending on how you're defining things, he is fine with being identified as a Christian nationalist. Correct. Yeah. It depends on who's asking. Right. So his whole thing was, um, you know, people will walk up to him and say, are you a Calvinist? And he's like, what do you mean by that? And uh, same thing with Christian nationalism. He's like, well, I'm a Christian. I'm patriotic, you know, but then he talks about how there's the, you know, what I talk about, there's the entire, um, you know, meaning that has been changed in the culture to basically mean a Nazi that we need to imprison. And, um, you know, he goes over that. He's like, well, if you're talking about the Nazis, no, I am not one of those. You know, and so that is the, that's the connotation that some people bring to the term, but not all. And so generally those on the left, when they use the term Christian nationalism, what they mean is we need to re-educate you in a camp with guns. You know, in a nice, loving way. Right, exactly. Just like the 
communists did. So, Jamesy, anything else on your uh, on your mind, or are you just chilling out with us on stage? Well, this has provoked a question. Um, I know John Calvin had pretty strong feelings about the state and the church being unified. I'm wondering if that continues to be like a, a doctrine or even a core doctrine in Calvinism. Since neither Steph or myself are Calvinists, I can't speak to that. <laughs> I guess it's up to me. So there's going to be one strain of, of folks that are reformed, like Doug Wilson, uh, up in Moscow, Idaho, who fully subscribe to the idea of, you know, basically running a Christian government. Um, you know, that is a rare 0.1% of people. Okay. So he's got a very big microphone. He has a podcast. He's got a YouTube and lots of people watch him because he's very charismatic. Um, but again, he's 0.1%. I have never, ever run into, and I, you know, we go to Ligonier. We went to Ligonier last year. We were there with 7,000 or 6,000 other Reformed people. And I could probably count on one hand the number of people who would be interested in taking over the government. Um, you know, whereas the, the normal doctrines are that we are to just live quiet, peaceable lives, which is what the scripture teaches, and that we don't get involved in government at all. Um, you know, our onus is to vote. Um, you know, some people will actually run for political office. Um, but to be honest, like I and most of the other Calvinist friends I have would have absolutely no interest in pursuing church and state. Yeah, that that's fair. And like atheists and Christians alike are going to vote their conscience and want laws to reflect like their moral standards. So it, if that's the bar that everybody falls into, I'm just trying to figure out how much farther Calvinists would go. And it doesn't sound like, or you're kind of denying that it would go much farther than that. Yeah. I mean, again, there's always going to be your fringe minorities on both sides. You know, there's going to be your, you know, your atheist Antifa guys that, you know, build Molotov cocktails and burn down federal buildings. And then there's going to be, guys like you and Michael who want no part of that, you know, that are going to be, you know, either center or on the left. I mean, I don't know what your political persuasion is, but, you know, I generally assume I, most atheists I've met are somewhere on the center or the left, but, you know, that that could be a bad assumption. King Xerxes just converted to Catholicism. Was that an atheist? Yeah, he's been on your stage. He's a I wouldn't say he's like super popular. He has a busy Discord though. I'm sorry, did you just say Xerxes is Catholic now? That's what he's professing. Wow. When did that happened. No, it was this week. That huh. escalated quickly. Well, now, Chris, you just need to touch base with him and fine tune that to, uh, you know, Calvinism. <laughs> it's not a far leap. <laughs> are you joking? Uh, Shots fired. Death Catholics are Arminians, man. Mm, no. What? Yeah, Catholics uh, yeah. are much more related to Calvinists than Arminians are. But it's cool. We don't have to do that this one. <laughs>
Yeah, cool. Yeah, we could just ignore all of church history and all of their written doctrine and make that claim, but cool. Read a book, Steph. Yeah, I've got <laughs> books on this. Exa- yeah, it's fine. I don't. Yeah. You know where Molinism comes from? Molina. Who was Molina? Anti-Reformation Catholic. So Jesuit saying that Christ. because Molina was anti-Reformation and Molinism was a heresy, and now all Arminians are somehow desperately tied to Molina, also ties Calvinism to some pretty horrific atrocities that you probably don't want to go into. But that's fine. Again, I'm feeding the baby, so I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go into all of the atrocities. I'll match atrocities any day. Between so Calvinists and Arminians, or...? No, because, between, well, between oh, yeah, yeah, because that would be unfair, Catholics right? Like, yeah, there's only one atrocity I'm aware of with uh, with Calvinists. Um, so maybe maybe somebody can bring out more at some point. But again, you know, the Catholic score is like seven million to one. Yeah, but we're not talking about Catholics. We're talking about anyway. Well, you have to actually, yeah, you have to actually include more than that, uh, Chris, because uh, Hitler was a professing Catholic. He gave a speech, for anyone interested, he gave a speech in Munich in 1922, um, uh, which is searchable online. And if you read through it, you'll uh, you'll hear, like at one point, well, like basically to, to, uh, to quote one line is, it is my belief as a Christian, dot, dot, dot. And then he goes into all these things as to why he's doing exactly what he's doing. Right. So that that's not a great argument. And I know you don't really hold to that, Michael, but that, that's not a great argument for why Christianity is wrong, right? Having somebody say... As a Christian, I believe, and then spew a bunch of stuff that's the most anti-Christian rhetoric you could pop. That's like me saying, um, I don't know, as a scientist, I believe that science doesn't exist. So, haha, I'm a scientist, and because I labeled myself as a scientist, now I have repute, right? Like, that, it's just using Hitler to fight against Christianity is just not an effective uh, argument. Oh no, yeah, and I think you know me well enough to know that that's not what I'm, what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. All I'm saying is here's you know here here's a person who believed the thing, and because you know, and that's you know not because they believed the thing, this is what they did, but they believed the thing, and in spite of that thing they believed, they still did this thing. But it it, it might be fair to say that if you that if you want to um, hold to to what you just said, then it would also be fair to say because I can't tell you how many times atheists have heard. Well, what about people like Stalin and Pol Pot? They were atheists, and look at all the things they did. That's the, 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 what what you just said about Hitler would have to carry over for Stalin and Pol Pot. Yeah, I would hold to that, and that's why I don't. Ever okay, interesting. Is the per, a person? Well, I guess it's a little different with atheism because atheism doesn't profess a certain standard of morals, right? So, what the argument with atheists? Like, look at Stalin as an atheist; he did this you could more easily attribute that to a lack of faith of any kind than you could to attributing Hitler saying, I'm a Christian, and then espousing non-Christian beliefs, right? So I guess I could. it's not a direct parallel. But no, if Stalin said, okay, here, here would be a better example. If Stalin got up and said, I'm going to do this because I'm an atheist and this is a doctrine of my atheist beliefs, right? Then we would be like, oh, yeah, but 99% of atheists don't believe in genocide, so maybe we don't... Do you see what I'm saying? Like, But he didn't. It's just we're attributing that more to saying, like, well, he, ha- he, he had a lack of morals and therefore was allowed some room there. For sure, yeah, and and, and I, I wouldn't say like I, I think one of the one of the biggest reasons, like one of the biggest 
um, causes was, you know, for like, if you look at someone like Stalin, for example, was not a lack of faith or religion. It was a lack of empathy, right? Because, you know, like if, if you like, <laughs> um, I, I think it was Ricky Gervais once, uh, if you ever get a chance to watch uh, the show Afterlife that he did on Netflix, watch it. It's, 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 it's really good. Um, during one of the episodes, I think Nate, I mentioned to you before, but one of the episodes, he says, uh, he gets questioned by someone who does believe. He said, you know, well, you know, it's like if uh, the, basically the woman says, if you don't believe in God, why don't you just go around raping and killing all the people you want? And he says, I do. And she's like, what? She's like, he said, I do go around raping and killing as much as I want. And that's not at all because, you know, I have empathy, right, to, to that effect, right? So, you know, I think, you know, like it's it's it wasn't stalin's lack of a belief in a in a god that uh that caused him to do what he did it's his lack of empathy because all that like that's all you need is to be able to look at the world through a lens of empathy and that can be a much better moral guide than any doctrine you'll ever find anywhere well so i okay so i i wouldn't agree with that for a bunch of reasons but part of part of why is that we can't, so again, we can't attribute Stalin's actions strictly to atheism. So that's why I wouldn't make that argument either. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to represent Stalin as like the typical atheist, but what you could do is do something with like the logical conclusion of having a lack of morals. Right. And then when you get into the empathy thing, so let's say that someone like him has some kind of disorder where there's this profound and harmful lack of empathy that's, you know, because when we get into disorders, it's like, how much does it impact your life and others? Well, okay, there he is, is like a huge example, right? So who's to say that something like, you know, having, adopting a moral system outside of yourself that has hard, rigid lines that have stood the test of time as being generally beneficial for societies and civilizations is only going to benefit you even if you have a disorder as intense as his because now you've adopted a system outside of your own judgment, right? So, again, that could only have helped him. Yeah, but like again, that goes... Yeah. Ola has oh, no, sorry. No, go ahead, Nate. Sorry. sorry. Wait, yeah, he's been waiting for a while. Uh, Ola, what's up? Did you have anything to say about this or anything else? Yeah, I do actually, but um, I'll uh, I'll tell you, Michael, you could go on. Let me just uh, listen for a, a bit, then I'll I'll chime in. Thank you. Carry on, Michael. Okay, thank you, Ola. Um, yeah. So what what I would say the the problem with that, and this goes back to something that that Chris had said before, right? When he was talking about the atrocities, right? Um, you know, it's one of the problems with Steph with what you said is that you can look at, you know, the history and, and, and you know, it's like, unfortunately, and, and this is not something that, that you, that I've ever heard, ever heard you do. And that's to like uh, employ fallacious reasoning, but it would have to be, you know, some type of a, a, like a, like a no true Scotsman, for example, right. To say, well, you know, like, yes, these people did these things, but they obviously weren't displaying Christian behavior because Christians don't do that type of thing. When someone says, you know, I am a Christian, and this has influenced my thing, then, then I take them at their word. Right. And so part of the problem with what you're saying is if you look at something like, for example, the inquisitions, right? The inquisitions were not based in anything, but religion. Right. So, so hold on there. I'm responsible for 
that probably is, that countless deaths. Wait, okay. So, so what we have, right, are texts that have been canonized, that are compiled into the Bible that say to behave a certain way, right? And then separate from that, we ha- so then that might be akin to atheism, an atheist saying atheism is a belief in like a belief in the fact that there are no gods period across the board. So we have a whole Bible that outlines our beliefs. Atheists would share, like they would agree on that one sentence. So there we have that, right? Then outside of that, we have things like the Catholic church on the one end, Stalin on the other, the Spanish inquisition. We have groups of people who are claiming this thing and then behaving certain ways. Okay. So if Stalin is saying, I'm behaving this way because I have a belief that there are no gods, and then now we have to deal with that, it's like that doesn't represent atheism. It's not accurate. So, so in Christianity, if somebody comes along and says, well, and, and it's not a no true Scotsman because we have a document that outlines clearly what this faith is. And when we see even large organizations like the entire Vatican or like entire countries, entire nations, whatever, when we see large governmental structures or single people that are um, claiming to have this label and then not believing what that label is, then we don't have a reputable measurement for saying like, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's what Christians do. No, that guy's not a like he's not following what. So, so I guess my final thought on this would be the, the faulty issue there is that people think that because they went to church or because they have this in their family or because they watched something on TV, then they're like, oh yeah, that's what Christianity can kind of be whatever you feel like. But no, there's a long church history. We have documents that people have studied for entire lifetimes that outline what this thing is. And if you're behaving contradictory to that, yeah, sure, you can still be a Christian. But if you're someone like Hitler and you're behaving so contradictory to that like not even relatively close again that's like me identifying as being asian like i'm not at all there's nothing about me at all that's asian and i can say as much as i want to that i am and i'm still not like that's that's what it and if i mean if anyone's well well, i mean the nail in the coffin for hitler being christian the occult like look at all these satanic rituals and occult he did you cannot get around that he was not christian i'm a potato doesn't like Steph said it doesn't right. matter i'm not a potato so like that that argument holds less than no water it holds negative water and anyone that's remotely reasonable and has an inkling of an idea of what christianity is hitler cannot be a christian like that that's like it's like okay i'm a christian i believe in jesus great what's the one thing you don't do as a christian uh play with satan like getting sorcery and occultic practices I mean, that's like, it's like the number one thing you don't do. Like, if you want to demonstrate how much to not be a Christian, that's what you do. Um, anyway, so and that, there's really no no interest in talking about that beyond that. Um, except if anyone's ever, like, looked into, like, when he has this picture taken with the Pope and all that, like, looked into, like, the Jesuits and all these, like, these, like, secret orders in the Vatican and the Catholic Church, there is some messed up stuff. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure lots of good Catholics and, you know, like, all, even people that try to look into this stuff can only go so far, but how far we can go is pretty enlightening. And it's like, wow, you know what? I, I mean, if if the Antichrist like rose from the Catholic Church, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, oh yeah, is it Tuesday? Okay. Um, I mean, there is like some seriously like Antichrist shady stuff all throughout the church, the Catholic Church's history. And I, I mean, if there's any reason like why someone should not be Catholic, like if they even let's just say they started out with the purest of intent somehow. 
whenever they decided Peter was the first pope and someone let that go unchecked. If they started out with the purest of intent, which is a large stretch, but let's just say um, they certainly did not keep it. And they've, over the years, it's just like Hitler, like playing with the occult. Like the things the Jesuits have done are like so far away from what, you know, the Bible teaches and what Christians should do. It's not like a difference of doctrine. It's like outright, I, I mean, probably satanic. So, I, I mean, and all in the name of God. So it's like, well, how do you know? They say they're Christians, but when they're doing all the stuff that is like expressly forbidden, um, that, that should raise some serious eyebrows. Uh, James, you had your hand raised, and, and then we'll check in with Thomas and Ola. Yeah, I, I think it's pertinent to this point. Um, I, I looked it up. Epilepsy was identified like a thousand years before Christ, and yet there's whole periods in history where the diagnosis was that you were possessed by demons and the treatment was to be burnt at the stake. This idea that if you're like looking for the devil and everything, you're just going to be more likely to, to find it or like think that you found it. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with that, but, but expressly, if someone says, uh, you know, if Hitler's like, I'm a professing Christian, and they're like, uh-oh, you're losing the war effort, you're in trouble, what are you going to do? And it's like, bring me all, bring me freaking Rasputin, bring me all the sorcerers, like, let's, let's like pursue the dark arts and get into occult practices <laughs> and reach Satan for his dark power. I'm, I mean, somewhere between Voldemort and Hitler. But I mean, seriously, like that's what he's doing. So like he's getting people to try to summon power, like summon evil power from Satan um, while he's saying he's a Christian. So it's like you while some people can see the devil in everything, there's actually the devil in that. I, I mean, you know, literally or metaphorically, like who if he's an atheist or whatever, I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying like literally that's the thing you do. So it's not like, oh, I have to twist this to see the devil. It's like, no, he's actively pursuing the devil. So it's like, well, if you see the devil there, your your sight is well placed because that's exactly what he's trying to do. Uh, Ola, you unmuted. Did what? Did you want to say something, Ola? Yeah, I'm. Uh, the I'm. I'm finding it difficult to um like make that right. Like rationalize what you're saying. Like what you're saying regarding uh, not the Hitler one. Honestly, I, Hitler is not a Christian in my in my books, but the the one regarding the like you just literally said a whole church like the catholic church is is evil because of what no. some what what some you've seen some catholics do if and they say they do it in um the name of god right yeah so i would say that same thing for the whole of christianity there are some christians even today living today that are the that 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 do not represent anything that is written in the bible but they are doing it in the name of God. So, would you say, would an atheist outside say, from your, from your explanation, Christianity is not good? So you can't. You, the, you said the Jesuits. Uh, the, I, I, I don't know much. Well, you, you, they did some well, occultic so, things. Is that what is written in the Catechism of the Catholic Church or the, the their doctrine saying we must do these occultic things? Let's go and do it every day. Is that is that the reality? Or no, some hold people on, hold on. Hang on, let me let me save your breath. You misunderstood me. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the opposite of that. That's why I'm specifically not demonizing all the Catholic adherents. I'm talking about specific the leadership, like the Vatican, right? The Jesuits who are under direct control of the of the yeah. Pope. So I'm talking about the governing body. I'm certainly not talking about your run of the mill like. You know, maybe maybe good Catholic, well-intentioned priest, and you know, doing good things and stuff like that. That may may not even that may not even know this stuff. And I'm not talking about the parishioners who barely have a you know who don't even have a handle on really what their own church 
believes or teaches. They're just kind of cultural Catholics or, or that. So I'm, I'm saying the opposite of what you're saying I'm saying. I'm not demonizing all Catholics. I'm specifically talking about the government church body, like the Vatican. Th that's why I'm saying Allah. So the opposite of what you, you heard. Yeah, and in the history, the Vatican hasn't always been problematic, right? Like there, But the, the problem with large governmental structures like that is that they get corrupted. And that's, you know, I'm going to go on a soapbox here for a second. That's why America is so novel and amazing is because we have this like unique structure of checks and balances where there's really no way for one, you know, uh, entity in the government to overpower another and, and it doesn't lend itself to fascism. And now we're going to go ahead and like change all that. So we'll, we'll be part of the living experiment to see what happens. But it's like the Vatican hasn't always had issues, but overall, the governmental structure that is the Vatican that allies itself with that aligns itself with Catholicism has an ugly history. But yeah, I wouldn't say that reflects itself on Catholicism as a, on you know as a faith, but that definitely reflects on how I mean to me it reflects more on how governments and power corrupt human beings a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, I actually agree with what you just said now, but. Um... Again, would you say, again, this is another thing, would you say um, because of a historical event from a set of people, uh, you would forever um, blame them for something they've done in their history? And, and, and it's not just in Christianity or some Christian groups, because there have been some horrible Christian groups apart from the Catholic Church and other, other groups in, in, in general. Yeah, it's also for non-Christian things where you have nations that have done things in the past that are horrible and horrendous. Would you continue? Would you keep that in mind forever? Yeah, I see if people do uh, and they don't look at what is happening now in the now and what the, the fruits of the organization or the country or whatever is happening now. I think that's quite quite dangerous. And yeah, that's what I just feel. Well, well yeah, so since you asked me and, and didn't tell me, um, I would say, no, I wouldn't hold the sins of someone against someone forever. Uh, however, like there's things we're never going to know, right? Like in our own government, our secular government, there's things like, you know, the president knows, like, you know, do aliens exist? What kind of technology do they have? Like there's probably stuff they have that will be hidden from us forever. and We'll never know it. Same thing with the Vatican. Like, and, and there's stuff we will never know, like, you know, in the Vatican vault and stuff like that. So, so we're never going to know. However, the stuff we do know is very troubling and it goes back for a millennium like it goes back over a thousand years a history of trouble so it's like if we don't want to hold one thing against them okay well i mean you know every every like couple decades there's some serious stuff that comes out so it's like even if we let a couple things go um there's more problems and there's more problems so the key is um illumination right so like the whole the whole like these secret sects and secret orders within the vatican and under the the official government right so it's not like oh well just some catholics are doing this this is their power structure. Like this is their seat of power. So it's like when the ruling body of this organization does these things and there's no, no like really acknowledgement of wrongdoing, like no, you know, the Bible would say repentance um, says, you know, if your brother sins against you, you know, like let him make that up to you. So, I mean, if we're, if we're trying to take biblical wisdom from this, um, the Catholic church should, you know, come out and disavow this stuff. And all these people, by the way, like, wasn't, it was like all the Nazis, like all the people were not excommunicated. I think there's like one guy, maybe, um, that was excommunicated. So all the Nazis, you would think, um, to show that you know they were repenting of this vile behavior, um, they would have like ex done some serious excommunicating, but they didn't. I don't even think they excommunicated Hitler, right? Um, so the fact that there is this um, 
there's no other reason to not like excommunicate people for all this terrible stuff and like publicly be like, we're so sorry, we messed up, we resolved to do better. At that point, you'd be like, okay, well, at least an amends was made. Um, but the fact that there was none of that, one is just led to believe that they still think that is that is, I mean, as hard as it is to say, they still think that's okay. What other conclusion could you draw? Because they're not disavowing it. They're not saying they're wrong. They're going to do better. Um, and if you believe this stuff is, I mean, the Jesuits, I think they were like, what? They weren't disbanded or they were quasi disbanded for a time. But now I believe they're back. And um, they're supposed to be like a new shiny version of Jesuit. But if you believe, you know, like, I mean, you can get like tinfoil hat real fast. But if they're like secretly, I mean, at best, they're doing a lot of secret stuff behind the scenes which is kind of contrary to the Bible, right? Like city on a hill, let your light shine, like be transparent, be open. Like Gnosticism was like steeped in secrecy and like secret clubs and meanings and stuff like that and rituals. So that's like what they're doing. It's like a secret order. So at best case, they're hiding a lot of stuff that should be known and that's sketchy. At worst, they're like secretly doing nefarious plans, like, you know, have a rise of the Catholic church and stuff like that. And like, you know, infiltrating governments to get their way and like doing all these like messed up nefarious things. So at best, it's still bad. And anyway, so no, Ola, I, I would not, like, goodness, I've, I've done plenty. I've sinned plenty. Um, so I'm, I'm all about forgiveness and all that. And by the way, I'm, I mean, I'm not, like, hate-filled toward these people. I mean, I have my opinions. So I'm, I'm telling you what I kind of think and how they got it way wrong, and they can lead others astray. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's why I think. I think the Catholic Church is the, the seat of power, like the Vatican, is corrupt. And the road to redemption would be admitting they made a lot of mistakes and actively shedding light on some of these hidden practices. And if they're not willing to do that, then I'm going to think they're still complicit in it and they're not repentant. So why would we, um, why would we be like, well, we're not going to hold it against you anymore because you're doing the exact same thing. Like if you don't want it to be held against you anymore and people to talk like this, then make some changes, say you were wrong, do better. Hey, to be honest, I, I think I need to read more on um, on the things that you're saying that the Catholic Church did during the Nazi time. I, I really don't, I've not really heard of anything that the Catholic Church did per se uh, as a church. Um, but I, maybe I need to read more. Yeah, but I, I just I just feel that, um, for example, uh, um, saying, um, well, that, that, that word, uh, saying excommunicating uh, Nazi, uh, Nazi members and the rest. Yeah, I, it's, I, I don't know if that is even the right way to go. Uh, there's one example I normally use generally for my day-to-day -day life. It, some people say I'm foolish for using this example anyway. Um, the late uh, John Paul, that's uh, the former Pope, I think, was shot by a man. And when the Pope got healed to a certain level, he uh, went to the prison to go and talk to the man and forgive the man. That man attempted murder. Yeah, there are people in this world that would do horrible things, but directly as Christians, I don't think driving them away from the church, from the gathering of the brethren, is the way to go, excommunicating them. So I don't think generally, but I, I could also still understand by by you, by uh, the Vatican being more of like a, a political power too, uh, distancing yourself from them. Fine, that's fine. But a Christian, uh, from what we got in the Bible, there are times that, yes, Paul said you should... Uh, drive people away from the church, not really drive them away, excommunicate them. Uh, there's a word he normally uses in the Bible. I've forgotten the name. I think anathema or something. Let them be anathema. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Got, I got those ones. Those are people who are directly not wanting and willing to, like they're, they're opposing you 
Yeah, but not someone who has sinned, not someone who has done something well, wrong. The doors of the church should always be open. Okay, I don't disagree, and Jay's back, so I want them to speak, and then we'll get to uh, Thomas. But, right, so the excommunicate, like, I think that's also a wrong doctrine. Like, what Paul says, what you said Paul said, that's what I believe. But I know the Catholic Church, you know, they do have excommunication. And I don't think, you know, they have the power. I mean, they don't. They don't, biblically speaking, have the power to damn someone to hell. They do not have that power. But they think they do. So, um, anyways, that's their go-to. So if they really thought someone who, you know, murdered, like, millions of people, um, I mean, if there was ever a time, people have been excommunicated and burned at the stake for less. That's what I'll say. So even though I disagree with, with you know, excommunication and they do not have the power they think they do to pronounce uh, eternal salvation or damnation on someone's soul, they think they have that power. So if there is ever a time to use it, that would be the time. Um, but I agree with you as a non-Catholic that, no, we shouldn't try to damn people to hell. We don't have that power. Um, but anyway, oh, Jay's gone again. <laughs> uh, well, Thomas, what's up, Thomas? Well, do you guys – okay, before, before we go on uh... – Look, excommunication in the Catholic Church is, again, very specific. The Catholic Church has entire, like, law schools dealing with canon law. And we're sitting here as a bunch of Protestants who have no idea what canon law even says and making pronouncements about, you know, should they have excommunicated. Excommunication in the Catholic Church is reserved exclusively for people teaching heresy. Like, you don't get excommunicated for doing stuff. You get excommunicated for teaching stuff. And so what they would... To win a war. Well, like, well, <laughs> so, like, what they what they would be excommunicated for would be teaching anti-Catholic heresy, i.e. Protestantism. You know, and a lot of Nazis were also members of the Lutheran Church. Let's not forget, Catholicism was a was a very, very, very small minority of Germans. Very small. Um, most Germans were either nominally Lutheran or nominally Catholic. Um, and then there was a few Protestants thrown in there elsewhere. Now, the thing that they would get charged with is something called immortal sin. So like ordering the death of somebody, participating in Nazi rituals, whatever else, those would be considered mortal sins. They are not something that people would be excommunicated for legally in the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church. And so, uh, not to be a Catholic apologist or anything, which is an odd thing so for close me to, to be, It's Yeah, right? It's an odd thing for me to be doing, but I mean, let's. I, I always want to be as honest with the facts as we can and be as steel man with the facts as we can instead of burning down straw men. The Catholic Church was never going to excommunicate Nazis because Nazism was a legal political party. We see it as pure evil these days. But like there were there were Americans who were members of the Nazi party who were res theoretically respectable Americans. Like so we, we have to take these things in context of history, not in 2023. Like we think of Nazis, you know, in this pure evil way. Do I think that okay. Nazi ideology is pure evil? Absolutely. Let me just say that before somebody accuses me of defending Nazis. But like. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, like the, the, this, this idea that the Catholic church had all of these responsibilities to do um, is just, it's fallacious and it's not understanding Catholic doctrine nor Catholic jurisprudence. Okay. Let me, let me hang on. Let me, uh, we're going to talk to Thomas. We're going to talk to Thomas right after this. Um, 
but uh, let me let me modify that then. Okay. And I also meant to mention that, I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, Catholics are all bad and no one else is. I mean, you know, our American government hired many of these Nazis, relocated them, and gave them nice shiny jobs in the desert. So, I mean, you know, we are not perfect as a country either. Um, but, okay, let me modify it, Chris. Forget excommunication. Um, severe pushback that everyone, when they invoke Hitler and the Catholic uh, religion, um, they're like, oh, no, didn't you hear how many, you know, official positions or mortal sins or hardcore pushback was given? That. I'll modify it to that. Because there's not a lot, I and mean, there's none that I'm aware of, but in the interest of never saying never, maybe some Catholic, uh, you know, in, in a position of, like, you know, authority, like, speaking for the church, not like a Catholic person that's like, no, Hitler's evil. But, like, an official, like, you know, what, I mean, presumably he knew the Pope since he shook hands with them. Like, you know, they never, like, hardcore push back as, like, that is evil. That is bad. Like, maybe there is someone somewhere, but the fact that it's not so synonymous with Hitler. Uh, oh, and he was a Catholic. Oh, didn't you hear what that Pope did? Didn't you hear how he pronounced, like, whatever the thing that you'll be at peace with? Mortal sins or pushed back very, very hard against him? Um, I'll just modify it to say that. But, Thomas, uh, did you want to speak? Uh, no, you were busy with uh, distinguishing Lutheranism from Catholic teaching and the Nazi regime. Uh, but uh, maybe I had an idea about uh, moving the subject to uh, the notion of postmodernism with Christianity in our modern era, I guess. Uh, that's an idea I came up with. Uh, so that's about it, all, all I have to say. Well, yeah, what would you like to talk about that? I know um, that, I mean, that could probably be good for uh, Barham down there. And uh... It's uh, very near and dear to Chris's heart. <laughs> so what about the postmodernism direction would you like to go? Uh, do you think there are um, Oh, oops, Herbert, uh, unmute. I think I accidentally muted you. I was trying to click on your profile. I, I accidentally think I hit yeah. mute. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, let me see here. Do you think there's any sort of uh, uh, floating signifier within these, uh, uh, what do you call this? Uh, let's see, uh, within Christian dogmas, because we're talking about uh, some sort of uh, Christian narrative that has uh, seeped into our culture, our postmodern culture, in such a way where we're going to have a hard time identifying uh, certain aspects of the Christian faith, I guess. Uh, what do you think about that? Would you like to speak to that, Chris? I'm not, I need more clarification. Like, what do you mean? Are you saying that Christianity has influenced postmodernism or postmodernism has influenced Christianity? Like, I, I'm not sure what your, I'm not sure what your question is. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about postmodernism uh, is influencing uh, Christianity in some way, maybe. Oh, absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Yes. That is absolutely something that's happening right now. One thousand percent. Well, again, it's influencing the church structure, right? It's not influencing Christianity. Christianity is a, you know, not subjective standalone entity whose recognizable characteristics are sealed in the text. Right. 
So yes, postmodernism has impacted and continues to impact the church as a structure. Well, is, is, that, is that all we have there? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Thomas, I think we, we agree it's uh, impacted it and it's not a good thing. So, I mean, I guess if we all... Well, agree. yeah, I guess. So, I mean, the, the main well, impact, Thomas, that oh, good, postmodernism is I'm having good. on the church. What? Huh? Sorry, I gacked out. I was just going to say, I we moved on from what Thomas had to say, so I can say my thing. Chris, I sent you a message. You had said that um, nobody was excommunicated <clears throat> from Catholicism for anything they did, but for things they taught. And you can you can find this online. Joseph Goebbels was excommunicated for marrying a Protestant. Um, so not for anything that he taught. Yeah, well, that's, but, <laughs> yeah, that's the other, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, baptizing your children in a Lutheran church or you yeah. know, things like that. Yeah, divorce, divorce would get you excommunicated. There were certain, there were certain things that... Divorce, but not satanic, occult, murder of millions, but divorce, definitely. Yeah, again, <laughs> exactly. like the Catholic Church is very complex. Like, it's not a monolith. It's like... Not a doctor of the Roman Catholic Church to be able to tell you dogmatically what they teach. You would you would, I mean, you would need an actual doctor of the Roman Catholic Church, which I don't know any of them. And the fact that you would need like a legal scholar or a doctor of the Catholic Church or whatever, um, that's just one more you know feather in the hat. In, in my uh, you know, one of the more problems I have, if you need a legal scholar or you know someone like that to to sort through all the stuff to tell you what the actual answer to things are, that's probably a problem. Like the gospel is simple. Christianity is simple. Christ is simple. And by the way, you know, it may not sound like it right now, but I am way more sympathetic to Catholic people than Chris is. Just so you know, he's a monster. <laughs> One other yeah. interesting thing. This is something actually to, uh, to, make, to make a point to something Ola said. Uh, it was curious about something that the, the Catholic church had, had done. Um, the, uh, so in Germany, um, the Catholic Church dissolved the centrist party to allow the Nazi party a clear run for Hitler to become leader of the country. That's something very specifically. And I mean, and I'm not saying this to say, oh, wow, they, you know, atheism is so great. Look what a religious sect did. Like, I'm just like, I guess, unlike, uh, unlike Nate, I'm not particularly charitable to the monstrosity that is the Catholic Church. Um so, yeah, like that's something they did that, you know, indirectly led to the slaughter of countless people. And the Catholic Church is directly responsible for that by not opposing the Nazi party in Germany. Yeah. Uh, well, I thank the, you, the, Michael, the, for being very okay, for being very fact based. And, uh, you know, what, what was the word you said, Chris? Um, uh, f accurate. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, I appreciate you bringing all these things, uh, all these facts that I, I would not have otherwise um been able to Google fast enough. But yeah, and my, my problem is the institution of the Catholic Church. Like, my problem specifically is not with, like, you know, just your Catholic parishioner who is never going to know any of this. It's specifically with the institution. Uh, Ola, go ahead. Yeah, oh, and then Apostle wanted to say then Go ahead, Ola. Okay, uh, I'll just be very brief. <clears throat> yeah, thanks, Michael. Uh, I'll try and check on what you wrote, because what you said, it was very interesting to read about that. Yeah, but the other thing there is that I think nature just hit the nail on the head. It's not necessarily the Catholic, the Catholic faithful, not the people. It probably is an organization that you that uh, that existed in history, 
that did some very terrible things. That's why I brought it back to countries. For example, I do not think it's fair. I do not think it's fair at all. I'm, I'm West African. I, I don't think it's fair to to penalize the Americans on this stage today for the horrible things that were done by both West Africans and Americans uh, 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 hundreds of years ago. Yeah, and I don't even think it's fair to brand a country or an organization for things that they've done in the past, unless they are doing it exactly today. It's what you're doing now that should be what you should face the consequences for. I don't. I know, again, yes, you should uh, acknowledge if someone has done something bad, you should acknowledge, oh, yeah, in the past we did something very crazy, but now we are better. Now we are striving for truth and and happiness. Yes. So, and once that is kind of done, I don't think the past should be raised at all. Yeah. And the Catholic faithful, the Catholics I've met and uh, uh, the Catholic, um, what they call this, the thing that they have, um, the um, catechism or what they, the, 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 I've not seen anything that is contrary to say, oh, start killing human beings, support Nazi and the rest. So you, there should be a clear distinction between the Catholic faith, which I believe Nate and some other people would also say, oh, I have some theological issues with the Catholic faith, which is fine. And that's where there's theological uh, discussion. Yeah, but you should say, differentiate the Catholic faith, what they believe, the actual faith, from the actions of some terrible people in the past that happened to be in power in the Catholic Church. I agree. Uh, Sean, what did you have to say? Um, the scripture says all souls are mine, the Lord says. Um, and since all souls are here, I, his, I agree that we don't uh, broad brush everyone. Uh, and everyone deserves to hear the gospel at least one time. Um, even in the Catholic Church, I have found that there are actually some saved Catholics out there. <laughs> So uh, I found that there actually is some safe folk in every denomination that I've dealt with down through the years. Uh, do I say that their that their doctrine is fully correct? No. Um, this is why I don't I I put the Bible over theology every time uh, because the the Bible to me. Trump's theology. Theology is good for the soul, for your mind, your will, your intellect, your reasoning. And yes, the scripture should, does say, come now, let us reason together. But that's the Lord speaking there. So that's it. So I was talking about prayer. But I yeah, think we I think we have to, uh, and I'm going to end with this, but we, I think we have to stop the broad brushing because God does have his people in everywhere. I'll land right there. I mean, unless I was grossly misunderstood, like I don't think I don't think anyone broad brushed anyone, right? Like my whole deal was specifically with the the leadership, the organization, the institution of the Catholic Church. And I think uh, whatever Steph and Chris said too, um, I mean if we broad brush Nazis and the American government for hiring Nazis. Um, I think that's the most broad brushing we did. Um, so yeah, in case I was unclear in my position. Oh no 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 no! I, I, I understand your position quite clear, but there are, but there I, I hear the broad brushing. 
guy in, in, in Clubhouse. Uh, on YouTube, I hear the broad brushing, and, and it, it's something that I, I, I have to deal with. But I, as far as the, the Roman Catholic Church, yes, I have a problem with the doctrine. I, I do. Uh, I do. But you know what they say the miracle prayer is? What's that? Romans, Romans 10, 9, and 10. Oh. <laughs> And they said that's how you get saved. <laughs> and for so for that they got that right. But other things like uh, papal bulls and things of that nature. Wait, who Catholicism? They say Romans ten nine ten. Wait, you got to get baptized and stuff and be confirmed and all that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have a problem with that. Well, so that's not Romans ten nine and ten. No, no. But I know that they got that portion right. The Romans 10, 9, 10 part, they got that right. That, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. They, they, they don't have it right, right? Because if they believe you have to be like confirmed and go through catechism and like be baptized, then mm-hmm. they, they specifically do not have Romans 10, 9, and 10 right. Right? They don't have the, the meaning of Romans 10, 9, and 10 right. I will agree with you there. Uh, but they actually, but the scripture that they're using to say that that's how you get saved? Well, ah. <laughs> I'm just saying the scripture. I'm not talking about the doctrine. Ah, okay. Someone, okay. Um, well, then I guess by that logic, you would say Jehovah's Witnesses have that right too because they would use that scripture, but their doctrine would be completely... No, I, uh, no, 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 no. I, 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 I understand that the Romans did. If, if we delve yeah. deeper into the the JWs, then we would, what would we say? Oh, they say oh, Michael well, they the Archangel Jesus, Jesus, the and guy. we know that's not true. <laughs> well, Steph, not to steal your thunder in chat, but murder in the Ten Commandments is an unjustified killing. I, I, that's like my, oh, that's like my trigger thing. Hey, yeah, there you go. Good. Yeah, murder is unjustified killing. Uh, what's up, Random? Are you speaking? Yeah, as I'm the one that asked the question, so what is justified killing? Well, I guess we can talk about... Yeah, we can talk about that, but like just to start it, um, in the ethereal term or the abstract, killing is, I mean, killing is killing. Um, all murder is killing, not all killing is murder. So murder is unjustified killing. So it doesn't matter what justified killing is, murder is unjustified killing. So now I guess we could talk about what is justified killing. Yeah, like yeah, no, I, I, I real quick, I, I do agree with those definitions. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say then. Well, so what is what what allows the justification for the killing uh, that's referred to in murder in the Ten Commandments? What allows for the justification? It, like, are, are you asking like the the inverse? Because like, I mean, it says no, no. I'm I'm, I'm asking from where does the justification come from for the killing in reference to murder in the Ten Commandments? That's asked like in like a pitchfork way. I'm I'm having a little trouble following that. Yeah, I don't I don't get the question. Can you rephrase the question? Yeah, totally. So so for example. Um, I believe it's the Malachites. When the Malachites were killed, was that just? Yes, that's warfare. 
said self-defense and warfare. So what gives the justification? What, what, what basically prevents it from being, what prevents killing another human from being murder? Oh boy. As it pertains to the killing in the Bible. The big long history of the Israelites as God's people, right? And, and now we have to get into a, a conversation about what war is. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, this isn't an account where you're treating this as though the Bible says, oh, um, Joe was really mad at Tom. And so instead of talking to Tom, he went over and he cut Tom's head off. And we're okay with that. God told Joe to go cut Tom's head off just because he didn't like him. That's not what it said. Like, there, the question, boy, there's so much historical context that goes into this that to say, well, the killing of the Amalekites was murder that God you know, unjustified murder that God permitted. And so now we can use Christian, like your argument is that this was unjustified murder that God permitted and encouraged. So now Christianity is okay with murder is, is just a faulty. You're not, that's not connecting the dots on this, right? I, I, I would say that what I would be claiming is that it is ambiguous and not clear. Okay, so who wants to go into the history of the Israelites and the ancient Near East conflicts or the ancient, you know, Middle Eastern conflict? Well, I mean, beside that, because I'm short on time, let's just say God said. So, I mean, we can, like, did God do it because it was good or did God do something evil, but it was okay because God said it? Forget all that. God did it. It was right. So he knew. So God has insider knowledge. He's like an insider trader. So these are people who are like, you know, we're your sworn enemies. We're going to kill you all. We're going to wipe your face off the earth, but, you know, wipe you off the face of the earth. Kind of like Iran and Jerusalem or Israel, just saying. But so these are like sworn enemies. If you read the Bible, like all these different tribes that God's like, hey, kill them. Don't leave any. Like God, we can trust God um, that he has insider knowledge. So it's justified because God said do it. Does that mean it was a preemptive strike? Does that mean they were like, getting ready to come for them in the middle of the night and kill all of them? Um, like whatever the reason, God told them to do it. So they did it. That's what makes it killing and not murder. Um Versus if you and I is just like, hey, let's go kill that guy. I think maybe he's premeditating some murder against me. So let's go get them first. That's like a whole category because you're not God. You don't know. Um, so now that we're not talking about that, just for our day-to-day -day lives, if you go kill someone and there's no, no justification for it, I think our legal system has a pretty good handle on it. Like our secular legal system has even figured out, you know, I think a, a, a close biblical um, – explanation for for killing uh, justified and unjustified killing so if you just walk up to someone and you know kill them with no provocation no reason that is very much unjustified if someone yells and screams at you with no threat of life or life or anything like that and you kill them or stab them that's unjustified um if someone's like breaking into your house at 2 a.m and like hey i'm gonna kill you and your whole family and they have guns and knives and you know you believe it that's very justified um so yeah. Yeah, please. Can I add like a follow-up question? It's not really on that same top. It's on. It's on the topic, but it's like a small tangent there. Is it fine? Yeah. Okay. In terms of um, killing and justified killing, um, is uh, do you think it's Christian to kill someone who wants to kill you? In terms of like self, self um, to protect oneself. I think so. That's where my sincerely held religious conviction falls. So maybe some would say in a perfect world, 
if someone wants to kill you, you just lay down and let them. Let them, like, you know, pillage your property, you know, rape and murder your whole family uh, because you are a complete pacifist to the point of absurdity. If some people want to do that, good luck. Uh, that is not my conviction. My conviction says, uh, you know, sell your cloak and buy a sword. And if somebody really wants to harm me and my family to the point of death, then my conviction is going to try to do everything I can to prevent that. Yeah, but and now the argument would be, um, it kind of, it kind of goes contrary, uh, contrary to the behaviors. I'm not saying something definitely written. The behaviors of Jesus, I understand Jesus perfectly. So let's take Jesus out of it. Um, but the other apostles from Jesus, the way they behaved, it was not in that same manner. In fact, some of them, not I wouldn't say willingly, but they didn't put up a fight when they were about to die. I think all of them died except uh, died a horrible death, except John. Yeah, John died, uh, I think, after Revelation, old age. Yeah, but he was also put in hot oil, and God saved them. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that doesn't, isn't that like in terms of opposites? Would you expect these apostles, would you say if you were John or the Peter or Paul, would you say you would fight and kill the person before they kill you? Well, first of all, Jesus told you know, told Peter he was going to die, and he told him how he was going to die. And I believe it was when he was pretty old, right? So if it was when he was, was old, uh, even if he wanted to fight, there's probably not a whole heck of a lot he was going to be able to do. Um, and also, you know, the, like, yeah, I mean, when Jesus predicts your death, he's like, hey, Nate, um, I'm predicting your death. This is how you're going to go. This is how you're going to, like, you know, honor me in your death. I'd be like, oh, well, crap. <laughs> I may not like it, but when that time comes, I mean, I'm not going to fight Jesus on this. So I'd be like, all right, do it. But since that didn't happen, um, where we are here now, then I think it's totally fine to defend yourself. Okay. Anyway, I, I'm I'm just personally I I don't I think yes one can defend themselves, but not to put uh, not to take the life of someone else. I think I'll defend myself to the best of my ability, but not meaningfully take a life. I think that's where I put like yeah. Uh, well, but there's a difference yeah. between the government executing you and, you know, some guy coming with a gun into your house to kill your family. That's a completely different situation. So Peter was executed by the state. There's no fighting back from that. You're executed by the state. It's hugely different. Okay. I, I have I have a counter argument, but I don't think it's 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 uh, actually going to be fruitful. So I'll just <laughs> I'll just well, say, yeah, yeah I, well yeah, and I have to run anyways. But I mean, I besides that, I mean, you know, I'm not going to probably I, I like to think that you know I'm not going to go out of my way to kill someone. So like, if someone breaks into my house and they're like, I'm going to kill you, and I'm like, oh gosh, I got to defend myself, and you know, I'm fully prepared to use force reasonable necessary, which may result in their loss of life. Um, but let's just say, you know, I return fire and, uh, there was only one of them and it's very apparent the threat is neutralized. There's no one else I have to worry about. So I have time to think, I have time to regroup. And then I go over to check on the guy and he's laying on the floor, you know, his guns out of his hand. It's, it's out of reach. Uh, my family's all okay. Everything like that. And the guy, you know, doesn't have a, a mortal wound. So, you know, he got shot in the leg, but he's incapacitated. He's like, Oh, ah, ah, sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't think you had guns. Um, then I'm standing over him. Well, no, I, I would not go ahead and be like, all right, well, unlucky day and finish executing the guy. Like, I would not do that. 
I'd be like, okay, the threat's neutralized. So now let's just keep you away from your weapon. Let's call the nice police people and take you to jail. So I'm not going to go out of my way to kill someone, even if I think they do deserve it. Um, I, I'm all about protecting me and my family and stopping the threat. So if that answers a little bit more of your question, like if the threat is stopped, um, then I'm not going to like continue, you know, with their demise. How do you know if it is a God-sanctioned kill? Like for in, in that situation, how do you know that God doesn't want you to kill that? How do I know God doesn't? You keep asking things in the negative. How do I know God doesn't want that person to die? Um, how, how do you, I guess you're, you're right. I was double negativing and I, and I apologize. How do you know that in that situation, God wanted you to kill that person? How would you no, know? How would you know? Because it's hypothetical. How would you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I like to think we have the spirit of God living in us and we'll be, are, we'll be led one way or another. However, practically speaking, we're, we're probably not going to know in that split second decision. So like, if I, if I wake up in the middle of the night and someone's breaking my door and they start shooting and I return fire and they die, I mean, maybe I'm a bad Christian, but I do not have a lot of time to consider the spiritual ramifications because generally I believe that self-defense is justified, which is exactly what that is. So if this is like the one time that, you know, there was going to be a, an angel appear or a voice from heaven that's like, wait, do not kill this guy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, realistically, we're not going to have the benefit of that time. Like it's split second decisions. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's that's your answer. So hypothetically. And, and I mean, you know, like we're, God's never the way God speaks to us now is the Bible. So the way God spoke back then with like prophets and even voices from heaven and stuff like that saying, you know, here's my son, listen to him like voices from heaven. We're not going to have that now. If you want to know what God says, we read the Bible. That's what we have now. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I mean, the most immediate thing is we're not going to have time in, in this like life and death situation to prayerfully consider and fast and pray and meditate. Um, I'm going to act to save my, my life and my family's life. And then, you know, if I'm standing over the guy and, you know, he's, he's neutralized, but he's not in serious, uh, um, you know, he can't harm us, then I'm not going to continue killing him because I think that would be immoral. That would be murder. Like it's, I mean, you know, if you, even if you were to say, and Chris mentioned the death penalty, I, I don't like that. I, I don't support that. Um, mostly because I, I don't trust our government. Um, but I, I don't support the death penalty just because of the small chance someone is wrong. I don't want that on my collective conscience. But yeah, so like that, that would be murder. If I'm standing over someone who's clearly been neutralized and then to go ahead and kill them, that that would not sit well with me or the legal system <laughs> for that matter. And I would say, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I very much understand your perspective. Uh, and to uh, Steph, I was going <laughs> to I was going to address Steph, but it looks like she uh, is on the phone now. Uh, so uh, never mind. <laughs> Well, that was a fun discussion. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Uh, let's see. Barum, yeah, so I hope, hope uh, something helped you today. Check out those links in the back channel and wherever you found them, and let us know if you have any more questions. And, yeah, feel free to keep checking back. And uh, everyone else, oh, look at that. Chris thought he was going to ask him. I'm done with that. I'm done with asking all you people to mod. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, thanks for being here and have an awesome day, and we'll see you guys tomorrow, I guess. Take care, everyone.